there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Welcome to the Nerd of Godcast. My name is Tony T, and this is that magical and personal place made just for you. It's like the hammock of God's love. It's like the treehouse of pure ministry. It's like Candyland for your inner nerd. And you are here, we are here, and we are here to share great times. If you're listening, we want to say thank you so much. Uh, we know you have your choice of podcasts, and for you to turn into the Nerd of Godcast, even, even for just this brief moment, uh, uplifts my soul and makes my mother proud that I'm not throwing my life Away with me, as always, is producer Steve-O. Bangarang. <laughs> Bangarang, indeed. Uh, Steve, what's going on in Salisbury land? Uh, not a whole, whole lot. I finished Ready Player One. I'm excited about you that. You really did? Yeah. Really you actually finished a book. Um, so proud. I don't, That's really I don't good. like these Steve-O stupid jokes. Nobody said Steve-O was stupid. You said I was the least literate person well, on Well, I stand podcast. by that. That is not true. I mean, no, I mean, that doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that reading is not your forte. I love reading. When was the last time you read and finished a book? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when I finished well, Ready I mean, Player One. Fair enough. I, I guess I phrased that one incorrectly, but I guess uh, I'm, that's on me, not on you. <laughs> Player three, the big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. You're Ooh. late. <laughs> I'm late for what? I don't know. I've just been watching a lot of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> You're busting out that Frodo business on us in here. <laughs> Uh, a podcast host arrives exactly when he uh, intends to. to. Intends to. Uh, and player 17, the lovely Tory Line. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Is that a parrot in Tory's hoodie? There's <laughs> <laughs> a little baby Hello. olive oil. Which I would offer you a cracker, Polly, but uh, the ones I just got from Wawa were terrible. And we just lost our sponsorship. That's okay. Hey, listen. If Wawa lives and dies based on the uh, the premium Nabisco crackers that they hand out for free, then uh, we're already in a losing battle. But uh, but the I will tell you the the bisque I had magnificent. Thanks, Wawa. Mm. You're welcome. So what uh, what's going on with you, Tori? You are um, you're approaching your final uh, few weeks here of school. A couple weeks. The boss level, man. This is it. This is it. Battle. Have you uh, have you gone into any rooms and experienced like there's a health pack waiting for you? Yes, multiple. T- yes. Remember, yes. Uh, just like Jesus, save, save your game. <laughs> Jesus saves. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> very, very good. I get it. Uh, before we get uh, get started with the content of the show tonight, you know uh, we have this new little game that we play. It's time for the one question interview. Leadership is really important to have in your life, and um, I, I remember playing a game one time called uh, the DC Universe Online. Uh, I picked it up for the Sony PlayStation, and I played this massively multiplayer online role-playing game uh, where you could create your own character and run around in the world of the DC superheroes, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But part of the process was when you created your character, you had to choose which DC hero was their mentor. Uh, which really boiled down to one of two things. You could be uh, the mentor, your mentor could be Superman, and you could be based in Metropolis, or it could be Batman, and you'd be based in Gotham City. That was basically as deep as it got. But oh. it, it made me think a little bit tonight. If you could, ha- if you could have an unpaid internship, if you could uh, be mentored by one character from literature, from video games, from movies, from comics, who would you choose oh. to have as your mentor? Oh, man. Uh, let's start with Neff. Oh. Well, if we were just going to do superheroes, it would obviously be Green Lantern, but... Why? 
I mean, because you get to see the universe, and it's all about strength, and you work with a team of, of Lanterns, a core. So it's by cool. being a, an unpaid intern with the Green Lantern Corps, would, would you get your own ring, or would you just kind of be riding shotgun? I don't know. Because this, and this is the reason I ask, if I recall correctly, in the DC Universe, all of the DC superheroes kind of have their, like, junior Teen Titan counterpart, yeah. but I don't remember Green Lantern having one unless you want to count Kyle Rayner or Jon Stewart. I, don't th- I think all the Green Lanterns are more equals, but, like, they, they get trained. Like, even, even uh, Hal Jordan... It's kind of like Kilowog's little, like, they get trained into being full Green Lanterns. Yeah, but some, so they so, start off with a ring. So they start out with a ring. And they so get trained. You get a paper hat and a hairnet and a ring. Very good. And a name tag that says, you know, in training. Hi, my name's Green Neff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Green Neff. That's a, that's a, in fact, that's the last book that Stephen read before uh, Ready Player One was Green Neffs and Ham. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Stephen, who who's your mentor? Who, what character from literature, games, movies, or comics would you want to mentor you? I don't know. I am still thinking about that. This is a tough one. It's okay. We'll wait. Okay. I'll have a twist. So, you got anything? Um... I mean, I'll go with the first one that came to mind, but I don't know if it's good. It was uh, Nathan Drake. Okay. All right. So what is Nathan Drake going to treat, teach you? How to travel the world? and How to travel. Apparently how to steal well. So why Nathan Drake and not like uh, Henry or Indiana Jones? Because Nathan Drake was the first one that came to mind. <laughs> so. <laughs> Nathan Drake, Indiana. Victoria. I'm stuck between... Like Gladriel and like. I didn't expect this to be so difficult. Neff, Neff, you were so quick with your answer. Well, I wanted to switch my answer. I just said because he said if it was superheroes, he would have a better answer because I watched Lord of the Rings. Because like Gandalf, of course, we go to, but he's busy. Gladriel is busy elsewhere, but like she's freaking awesome. Elsewhere. Gladriel would be a pretty cool mentor. Is that the but one that turned blue? Yes. Um, terrible as the dawn. Um, or Tobias Funke. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it's gone. Gladriel. <laughs> Gladriel. <laughs> so what, what kind of mentorship would Galadriel put you through? What kind of, uh, what what values would she teach you? What How skills would you hope to pick up? and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> and powerful no, be, and terrible. Yeah. Well, no, I think she'd be, I don't know. I think she has like hidden wisdom just as an elf in general. Ancient wisdom because she was there at the beginning. I don't know. I think I think it'd be, you'd get a different arsenal of, of mentorship from her than you would from like Bilbo or Gandalf or Elrond, etc. Anything else? Neff, you wanted to change your answer, possibly? Yes. To either Aragorn no, or... No, Lord of the Rings. No. Nope. <laughs> All right, well, I guess if you guys are sticking with uh, your well, first... I'm not sticking an- with mine, I just... <laughs> you, you, it's a one-question interview. So I know that. It, there, therefore, it has to be one answer. But I, I, I just I answered because I, I felt the pressure that I needed yeah, to answer. It, that's right. Pressure! <laughs> okay. Was that the more Billy Joel pressure <laughs> yes. than the David Bowie and Queen pressure? Yes. Very good. I, 
No singing at the table. Uh, I guess if I could have uh, uh, be mentored by one character from literature, games, movies, or comics, um, you think that you'd get the most results from someone like Batman, mm. but that doesn't mm. seem like a very enjoyable no. like environment. And then with Superman, what are you going to do? Because Superman's like, he's just Superman. I mean, how are you going to keep up with him? I'm the best. Well, you have to be his dog, apparently. <laughs> apparently, you're going to be the, uh, the crypto or... Ace the Bat Hound, I suppose. Uh, Ace the Bat Hound was Batman's dog. I, I was reading an old so comic from uh, the 60s, about about a, about a year or so ago, and there was a whole menagerie of animals that made it out of Krypton. There, he had a, a horse, and he had a monkey, um, and there was like there was a whole <laughs> herd of critters that came from Krypton. I thought of a better uh, uh, internship, better than Nathan Drake. Oh, much better than Nathan Drake. Oh, well, I'm all ears. I was gonna say uh, uh, the doctor. <laughs> Yeah, I was, like, I was, wait, which? Personally, for me, uh, the 10th Doctor. Tobias Funke? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, He's the, an analyst? And no, a no, 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 okay. no. <laughs> So, the 10th Doctor. Yes. Why the 10th Doctor? Because that, that's my favorite so far. I've only seen two. He's anything. the most, I think he's the most human and relatable of the Doctors, of the ones that I've really he seen. De- well, and he definitely, at the beginning, doesn't I want them, because he always goes back to the... I, you'll spend the rest of your life with me, but I have to spend the rest of my life without you kind of yeah. thing. So he doesn't want to get attached, and then he gets but attached. That human side of the doctor is what I don't like about a doctor because he's supposed to be, like, this all-powerful, like, you know, he's supposed to be above everything. And, that was and that's kind of what makes the doctor, like, that's what he is. So when he's a little too human, I'm like, all right. With with Matt Smith, I, I definitely got that idea of like he's distant from other people. Like, but I I got him as removed, but not aloof. I got yes. him as, as quirky yes. and yes. Uh, on a different wavelength. He's my favorite, Matt Smith. Matt Smith yeah. was good. I, he's I, I my never first made it to him. They took it off Netflix. Matt, I was Matt like Smith three episodes good. away from David Tennant's final episode, and they took it off. That's why you just can't take your time on certain things, man. I, well, I know that now. You know Jesus is coming back too, man. You got to get busy with kingdom work. You don't want to. You don't want Jesus to take Earth off of Netflix, and you know you're stuck in the tribulation force with Kirk Cameron and Nicolas Cage. Speaking of which, I watched Left Behind the other day with Nicolas Cage. Was it good? Because it was no, it was god awful. It was <laughs> it's terrible, right? I encourage you to watch it. It's really bad. Wait, how on scale? <clears throat> Go ahead. <clears throat> so oh, I, I can't even finish it. That's I, how bad it is. I know. Prepare it yourself. Won't let me talk. On a scale of one to Kirk Cameron uh, version, how did you see the it? Kirk Cameron version? I did. And so what what what, are, what is that equivalent to? Are you saying that's the best possible version of it? Yes, it's the only other version. It's the only version I've seen, so it is the best Left Behind movie. I've and, seen. And so disappointed. The Kirk Cameron version. They've what? only made two. I've seen one. No, that's not true. Kirk Cameron was in three of the or, above the first one, and we all know sequels don't get better. No, because sequels in a book series aren't the same thing as I'm like a sequel to a movie. I know I'm talking about strictly movies. Wait, wait, yeah, but, yeah, but, but if like you're talking about sequel, sequels like from a book series, Harry I see what Potter she's saying. Harry Potter Two isn't a bad sequel because it's. The I'm not talking about books though. But behind, that's behind that's a book series. Which, that, I get, I get that. Which Lord of the Rings uh, movie won Best Picture? The third, the third one. one. There's a because the third one is really the end of the trilogy. You don't don't get all like like snarky about it. Those are that that's based on a predetermined story already so you can break it like lord of the rings is one continuous as, story as left behind yeah, was so is left behind. I, i'm i'm just talking about most Games. movies in general in general 
if it's just a standalone movie, if they make a sequel, it's usually not as good. But 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 you said it. But in these were based on a series of books. Left Behind, and I'm like, Left Behind sequels. There's actual books that went with it. I, I know that. Okay. But if it's already a crappy movie to begin with, the <laughs> next one is not going to have that much of a of a chance. <laughs> now to hold be on. Better. That's I, not what you I, said. I'm going to put this out there. No, no, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out, please, if I may. <laughs> I have not watched these movies, but I I'm. I have. But no, 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 not the Left Behind movies. I've not watched these, nor have I read the books. But I have the cultural awareness, the finger on the pulse, if you will, to know that the first Twilight movie, was from terrible. what I understand, was terrible. And the subsequent Twilight movies got better. Yes, I, yes. I couldn't tell you that. I watched the first one. And said this so, is terrible. So, so I didn't finish. Whether that's but whether once that again, that's that's the based on already a set open set of stories. Do you see? I mean, you don't understand what I'm. No, trying no. To I say. think I think we do. I think I get what you're saying. When we go back and we listen to this, we're all just going to go. Yep, Steve. I think no. I don't think you're. You set up a parameter for this argument that movies. That are based on uh, movie sequels are worse than the, the the original movie. Which that was your argument is fair. However, movies based on book series tend to have a different trajectory because the book series tend to have a tra- different trajectory. You conceded to that point. Yes. Tori was pointing out to you, Left Behind is based on a book series, to which you responded, uh, and with well within the rules of your original statement. That if the first movie wasn't good, it's very unlikely that the second movie is going to somehow be a better quality. To which I put out the example that based on a book series, as Tori mentioned, and based on a crappy movie, that the Twilight movies got better as they went. Again, uh, not having ever seen a Twilight movie, I have enjoyed some of the songs that they've chosen to use for their soundtrack, but uh, I have not seen it. I'm, I'm saying that that disproves your statement on whatever set of rules you want to use, whether they be Tori's or whether they be yours. All hearts and minds clear. Neff, your judgment? Yes. All right. <laughs> then, yes. then everyone's right. Congratulations. Air high five. Congratulations. 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 Yeah, wow, yeah, wow. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the penguin sound. Okay. Uh, so I guess I, I'm my, my uh, unpaid internship, <laughs> I'm going to go on, uh, will be with um, whatever Steven just said. What yeah. did you say? I don't think I ever got around to no. answering. I think you're just no, talking yeah. about left behind. We, no, because we start talking about the doctor. Oh, okay. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> That's who my. Just all of Nicholas Cage. No, just Nicholas Cage. So like, oh, the bees. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Oh, the bees. More like a tra- Ghost Rider. I feel like Nicolas Cage is a fictional character at this point. I saw that movie Left Behind, and I'm fairly sure that he was CGI'd in. (laughs) He was like like the Green Lantern They couldn't get the hair right. (laughs) (laughs) The Uncanny Valley. (laughs) Uh, No, honestly, the the Left Behind movie was really terrible. Um, Anything that you could think of that makes a movie not terrible, uh, they they, they achieved it. (laughs) If you're looking for bad cinematography... If you're looking for bad scripting, if you're looking looking for bad acting, well, if you're editing. looking for bad editing, if you're looking for bad Foley music, work. the the Foley work was impeccable. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so what's better, the Foley work I left behind or the Foley work on Dirt of Godcast? Yeah, it was really really bad. It was it was really really bad. It was uncomfortable. At and some I points. kept having to watch it just because. <laughs> first it was like off, a train wreck. I couldn't look away. You could never watch it, Stephen, because why not? His wife uh, is is Leah Thompson. Oh no. Yeah, and. This is she who we all love, uh, Marty McFly's mom. We we all love Lorraine Baines McFly, <laughs> but somewhere between Back to the Future, 
three, her brief cameo in that movie. She aged. No, it's not aging. Uh, she's still a very lovely lady. She is. But her acting ability was clearly left in Hill Valley. Uh, well, I, well nope, it could have been the nope, directing. Nope. Because nope. Nicolas Cage at one point was a good actor, too. It's not a question of direction. It's a question of, wow, I feel like I'm watching a middle school play. It was really atrocious. <laughs> it wasn't was like watching Waiting for Guffman. It was atrocious. Where art thou, Julia? That's a really, that was, that was <laughs> really good. That was, that was good. That was solid. That was good. You have to do the screaming part. On really, uh, to be <laughs> honest, Chad, nope. is it Chad Michael Murray? Is that the guy's yes, name? Yes, the guy from One Tree Chad Hill. Michael Murray and Nicolas Cage are the best parts of the movie as far as acting goes. <laughs> yeah. And Nicolas Cage is pretty bad. But if, if you had to pick an A and a B, Nicolas Cage is definitely the B. It was <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the B. It was um, it was delightfully bad. So now I want to see. Now I want to see a now, and I've seen I've seen Christian movies, and, and I don't want to talk about Christian movies and make fun of them because people are out there doing creative things. Uh, I, I would hate for a Christian movie maker to start talking about Christian podcasts and come yeah. over here and start throwing stones at us. But uh, the Nerd of Godcast story. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you know all those people over at the the Christian movie studio, they're listening to our podcast oh, right now. Shaking their fists. Hey, what's up, Pure Flicks? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is that the face in the Giants people? Uh, They're the ones who made. um, Don't say God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead. And. uh, What about God's Not Dead 2, the sequel? (sighs) Which is probably going to be just as good or better. Uh, What was the. No, who's the company that does the. the the like face the giants and uh, I don't know but the director is the main actor courageous it doesn't matter those I know that's are, how those I, are really that's how those I are good Christian enjoyed, movies in I my, in my opinion the giants yes whereas I remember watching the uh, VHS copies growing up of uh, the, all of the the apocalypse movies and the tribulation. And they, and they would always get, like, washed-up actors to be in these movies. I Stephen Baldwin movie. <laughs> I remember there was one, and it had Howie Mandel and Mr. T and Gary Busey and Margot Kidder. I, I'm not I even, think you made me watch part I'm not of this. even joking. This is a Christian this movie. It was a familiar. Christian movie. It was, and it was, like, the third, and it was, I think, uh, I, I, I want to say one of them was called, like, Revelation or one of, it was Apocalypse or something like that. But then they made, like, a whole series of them. And I remember the Antichrist. The only thing I remember was the Antichrist was so over-the-top and hammy and he was played by a guy named Nick Mancuso. And <laughs> I just remember going, gosh, I want to IMDb Nick Mancuso and collect his entire catalog because he <laughs> is he is a delight. <laughs> he is like the, the, the pepper in my pepper jack. How, how over the top was he? He was he was he would like like Sylvester Stallone turning his hat backwards over the top. It was <laughs> it was next level. Uh, so, uh, if you're looking for, if you, you know, and I'm not, I don't know the, tegre- the degree to which the Left Behind movie that came out was ministry. I don't know if the people that produced it or whatever were, were Christians and it was done as a ministry event or just exploitation of a, of a book franchise. They definitely wanted to, I think, kickstart uh, maybe a series of movies. Uh, I highly, highly doubt that that'll happen. Well, Nick Cage did it because I think his brother is a pastor. Oh, really? Yeah. And he w- he really wanted him to do it. That's why Nick Cage was in the movie. Wow, he sure yeah, wasn't the paycheck. Books were. <laughs> I can't imagine that he got paid that much on it. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It was like a very well, they're, they're not Christians. making any more Ghost Rider movies, so he needs a paycheck. Somehow. Christians are typically uh, an indiscriminate group when it comes to throwing money at something that has Jesus on it. Um, and and I still can't imagine that Left Behind made uh, any, any kind of change. <laughs> but what if it was a, a it was like a sci-fi movie, and then these people. These Christian people decided to finance it, and they had to make them change around. Then it would be Plan Nine from Outer Space. (laughs) 
Pat Gray Roberts Reminder Space. Anyway, if you uh, if you saw Left Behind and you had a, an opinion on it, or if you think that it was the greatest movie ever made, we would love to hear from you. So you can connect with us on social media at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Nerd of Godcast. You can check out our blog online, nerdofgodcast.com, or you can email us, nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, high-five you, and exchange whimsical animated gifts with you. Uh, you know, I, I really want to continue our conversation, but I have been distracted by uh, something beautiful to my left. Something lovely and adorable and, and tiny. Tiny. Cutest pie, Tori. <laughs> what is that that you brought for us? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, today I have made Yuriaki. Uh, it is snack time. <laughs> snack time, baby. I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. What is do, Doriaki? Yes. Everybody say Doriaki. Doriaki. You are Doriaki. As opposed to uh, when you when you get to Blue Mountain and you realize it's Dora Aki. <laughs> they did it. Okay. Doriaki. So this. Is yeah. a key means here in Spanish. I know. Dora is in Spanish. Took three years. We good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. These are honey pancakes um, with sweetened red bean paste in the middle. Neff, Ooh, Neff just fell animal. into a posture of worship. He did a little bit. He's he's praising. <laughs> so they're not like regular pancakes, which I don't remember how those are made. These are made in a pan. Oh, cake style. How how very intuitive. Um, like the honey in them is like it makes it like a little bit of river flavor, but they're very sweet, and I very much like them. But I ate two here, so I only have three here. So I hope you So we get a, a schmeckin. Looks like there's more than three. They're, no, no, they're no, sandwiches. Get, they're sandwiches. All the sandwiches. They're sandwiches, yeah. All right, guys. All right, oh, hold on. Let me get mine here. Tori, Whoa. would you uh, us down. give us the give us the countdown? Yeah, hurry up. Eat here we go. Thank <laughs> you. Mm. <laughs> so it's <laughs> the texture on the pancake is really fantastic. Thank it's it's the right amount of like sponginess. Oh yeah, they're supposed to be like extra moist. So like storing them until you make them, you put like uh, wet paper towels. Oh, on top of them? Steven's choking on his bean pancake. <laughs> <laughs> Most people um, tend not to be, not to like the onco or the red bean paste in the middle. Sometimes, like, the texture's kind of weird, so I wasn't sure how It's a little grainy. It is, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, yes, that's a good adjective. Hmm. This is, uh, this is quite good. I'm, I'm going to finish this. Yay! I'm finishing it right now. <laughs> I'm uh. She even put the whole thing into his mouth <laughs> at one time. I like nibbling on these. These are so good, especially Thank with you. the flavor. Thank you. I really like that. So the the that's onco good. that's in the middle that's red beans, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally boiled red beans and like six cups of sugar. I could have made that myself, but it takes like two and a half hours. It or takes something. forever just to cook beans. Yeah, legit. So I just bought a can of onco at my local Asian market. Very good. Mm. Well, very enjoyable, Tori. Thank you for being the host of Snack Time today. You're uh, who's, who's bringing Snack Time in for next week? Neff. Neff, you're bringing in Snack Time? What can I say? Um, <laughs> because uh, you and I next Steven time will be coming back from right now. South Carolina. We'll have time. That's true. 
So that's Nef, you, you'll have a good amount of time to get that ready. All right, you come up with something brilliant and wow us, Nefri. Wow. Snack time, everybody. <laughs> Snack <laughs> time, everybody. So, um, <coughs> I don't know if I'm surprised or not, but we had a conversation tonight uh, leading out of snack time. This is our segue conversation. So everyone hop up on your segways tonight, rev them on up, and get ready for a segway conversation. <laughs> we had a conversation earlier tonight that, that went on a little too long about three essential food groups. <laughs> that is uh, cheese, chocolate, and bacon. And the conversation was if one of those things had to go away forever and ever, which one would have to go away, cheese, chocolate, or bacon? And uh, Tori, you're shaking your head. I never answered this question. No, tell me why. It's because like Sophie's choice for Tori. Because <laughs> of of these three food items, I'm pretty sure only one is proven to actually reduce levels of stress and is good for you. Chocolate. Yes. So I'm gonna have to say that chocolate. I'm gonna have to say bacon has to go. Because chocolate is, like, you have to have a balance. Chocolate is essential. Yeah. Essential to life. I agree with you, Tori. Bacon has to go. Neff? No. And I love bacon. But <laughs> Not the bacon. Of, so of what's going away? Neff said that he, he wants chocolate to go away. Yeah, I, because personally, for, as far as sweets go, I don't really eat a lot of chocolate. Mo- for me, I like the fruity sweets. What about chocolate milk? I just have regular milk. I don't need chocolate milk. <laughs> I don't need it. He just drink the airplane milk, Steve-O. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my opinion was as much, and I think all those three things are, are fantastic. But uh, if you have to lose one, you have to lose bacon because chocolate is is too accommodating an ingredient for for many items. Uh, cheese is chili. essential oh, yeah, to cheese, everything. In cheese life. will never lose. Cheese, yeah. But uh, but bacon, uh, and I, again, you hate to have to, to to do it. It's it's the you know the light, the left hand to the right hand, but. But the bacon had to go away. So, it, But it came down to we eliminated chocolate from the conversation just putting it aside. Uh, so it came down to cheese versus bacon and, and which one makes things better. And uh, I think that it was uh, universally agreed by everyone that was in our conversation. And we had a large group of people in this conversation we did. that cheese beats bacon. Yes. Well, there's just so yeah. many different cheeses. A there's, world of cheese. There's a couple only different like bacons. Two kinds of bacon. Flavors like provolone and brie, each mm-hmm. with their own nativity. There's Feta. center, center cut bacon, rind on bacon, turkey bacon, Canadian bacon. No, I Canadian love bacon ham. is ham. That's not. I like turkey bacon. I do too. It's thick. It's like a beef jerky. I, li- I like bacon. bacon. There's a restaurant here in town called The Coop that has bacon that's so thick that it's like, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm eating a, I'm, a I'm bacon steak. I'm pretty sure steak. it's called Fatback. <laughs> fat bag is, fat cr- at that fat point. is just like cholly and crispy, and uh, my, my family up in North Carolina makes fat back, and uh, man, there's just no excuse for that. <laughs> no excuse. Uh, fat back <laughs> is just like I, I'm like you. You just it, it's like peeling pages off the end of your life. It's just like <laughs> one day down, I two think, days down. I think bacon does like it takes off hours of your life or days or something. Oh, it's like it's actually brings you closer thing. to Jesus. <laughs> now listen, Jesus. Uh, I, I don't know that Jesus ever ate cheese, and I don't know that he ever ate chocolate. But I certainly know he never he ate, ate bacon. bacon. That's true. <laughs> so he might. He may have had chocolate. He may have had chocolate. He may have had cheese. He definitely didn't have bacon. He could he have cheese have because it was turkey goats. bacon. They had cows also. I don't think there are turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not no. like cows were just invented. Jesus only ate fish though. Anyway. He was a whatever you call it. Pescatarian. Pescatarian. Just because the Bible only shows him eating fish doesn't mean that he only ate fish. I'm pretty sure he probably didn't. Whatever. Um, They don't talk about him. Chocolate is like, where's chocolate from? 
from uh, South America. Cocoa from beans. South America? Never mind. Disregard. But if you ask the Mormons, never mind. Uh, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> so uh, in our conversation of chocolate versus bacon, or cheese versus bacon, in our conversation of cheese versus bacon, uh, cheese wins, making it the best accessory to food ever. Now, if we are eliminating bacon can as a send-off, can there be a giant bacon weave? Bacon weave that the world gets to eat before. It oh, goes. I thought you meant you like you wanted to sew it into your hair. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like it's, it's my bacon weave. It's like a, like the top. I want my weave. <laughs> like it's the top of a pie, and it's like woven. Oh, like, I understand. I've seen the bacon weave. before. So we just make one giant one, and the world to, gets to eat the bacon weave, and that's how we send bacon well, home sounds, to Jesus. That does not, that's, that's not appetizing at none all. Of, none of those things make sense in my mind or in my heart. Jesus, Goodbye, like, I, didn't, I didn't eat this. I don't <laughs> want this. <laughs> we send the bacon home to Jesus. Jesus, is like, uh, I'm Jewish. I didn't order this. Ghost bacon. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, could you send this back? Spirit oh. bacon. Spirit bacon. That's my <laughs> bacon is Kevin my spirit bacon. animal. <laughs> That's my new band name. Francis. Spirit bacon. Did you guys, did you guys see <laughs> that this? Uh, they had like a like a you know biggest pig contest in some uh, state, and this guy named his pig Chris P Bacon. <laughs> that was quite uh. funny. Pig that good can't eat all at once. So uh, this brings us into tonight's best thing ever. This is our, our last round before the final round of Best Thing Ever. And the poll just closed. Oh, I never voted. Have you seen? You never voted? I didn't vote. Well, I had forgotten. Last time I, I saw it, it was did you guys? Did you guys I voted score? for the one with Balrog, though. Um, I will tell you this. One more vote might have tied it up. Really? Because it was another one-vote poll. Well, who was it? And I'll tell you who I would have voted for. Mechagodzilla versus Devastator. You got the uh, Mechagodzilla, the giant robotic maser beam firing. Man, a, a space titanium. Space titanium Godzilla versus the Devastator, the six Constructicons coming together and forming one giant robot bent only on destruction. Uh, Steven, who would you have voted for in, in this world of speculation? Uh, well, I don't know if this would have changed it anyway, but I did when I finished Ready Player One. They do have a cameo by Mechagodzilla towards the end of it. So Mechagodzilla is still fresh in my mind on how like how powerful it is. I would have went for Mechagodzilla. We've gone for Mechagodzilla. I had some very interesting insight onto our combatants um, from a very trusted and reliable source who watched both as a child. And uh, I voted for Devastator because they conquered worlds on the reg and... We're still Me- smarter than Mechagodzilla, even <laughs> though they, they con- were. Wouldn't they conquer it with the rest of the uh, Decepticons, not just by themselves? But Dece- but but the point was Devastator. Like, they're like ancient. is the strongest Decepticon. Yeah, they're like these ancient robot things that have conquered galaxies and whatnot and stuff, and they're still smarter than Mechagodzilla, even though they're like kind of stupid. Well, I think Mechagodzilla is just a big bra. No, it's not sentient. It's um, it's controlled by it aliens. It is piloted. Yeah. Is it piloted? Okay. Piloted by really smart aliens, actually. So. Gotcha. Here's the twist. It's piloted by Megatron. <laughs> 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 it's like, it's Devastator <laughs> inside <laughs> Megagodzilla. Uh, okay, so did you did you vote? Yeah, I voted for um, Devastator. Devastator. Mm-hmm. Did you vote, Nev? 
I did. So, uh, Stephen, you did not vote. Your vote for Mechagodzilla would not have changed the outcome. With 53% of the vote, Mechagodzilla uh, advances to the final round of the best video. So it's Mechagodzilla versus, versus Godzilla. Godzilla. Isn't that already a thing? Though? That yes. is already a thing, but, but, never, times, but never voted upon by True. the Nerd of God squad. So, uh, who, who historically? We have gifts that can animate it. Exactly. I mean, there's Godzilla? a whole movie. Godzilla we can, every time. We can go to the film reel on this one. <laughs> Literally. Um, so we will determine whether Mechagodzilla deserves to be the best thing ever or whether it's Gojira, whether it's Godzilla. And uh, I think that this will be a very telling final round. So uh, on new release Tuesday, this poll will be up on our Twitter feed. Uh, get out there and vote for the best thing ever, ever, ever. The final round. Whoop, whoop. And, uh, and I don't want to spoil anything, but following uh, the results for best thing ever next week, um, we will have a new best thing ever tournament. Best thing ever, version two. And I will tell you, and I've already got the whole thing charted out. I've already got the brackets already made. Yes. I will tell you next week. Oh, I think who's in the brackets? Can we get? Can we guess what's going to be? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. Because if you're wrong, then it's well, well, the, stupid. Yeah. And if you're right, are then you going to tell us what they like? You, the... you just take. I just said I'm. I'm teasing it for next week. Well, you don't have to tell us who's in it. Dude. So next week we will. Uh, we will not only announce who the final winner is of best thing ever, but we're also going to uh, tease in the uh, the next brackets and who will be on it. So we can begin voting for best thing ever, volume two. So uh, good stuff, man. Lots of lots of fun, and I am glad that um, all of you that voted participated. Thank you for being part of democracy in America. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Speaking of America, I'm sorry. No, sir, you, say you don't have to eat it if you don't like it. I like it. It's okay. just it's very gets slower than I've seen. Like you're not anything. gonna, you're not gonna offend me. <laughs> well, I just like ate, it. so I don't. Okay, I'm not cool. gonna just scarf it down. Just want to make that clear. Tried yeah. to, try to put that in a, a dull spot. I did. Did I? Did I work? Did yeah, it was fine. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so speaking of America, uh, America's greatest heroes go toe to toe over the next few months. We've got Batman versus Superman, uh, followed up shortly thereafter by Iron Man versus Captain America. Ooh. And uh, and although this isn't an official journey down to Steve-O's trailer park, uh, I'd like to take uh, a moment to talk about something that's probably fresh on all of our minds. Yes. So, Spider-Man. I'm, ah! I'm extremely, <laughs> oh. extremely, extremely frustrated by that trailer. Why? Because I didn't want to see Spider-Man until I saw the movie. Hey they guys. Did, they didn't need. The, they didn't need. The, they didn't need to show that. That 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 to I me. It was fun. That ruined. That ruined the reveal for me that I was waiting for in the movie. What are you doing? He's flapping He's his excited. arms. I'm really excited. Because Try, uh, I thought that was a lot of you fun. Keep flapping. You're never gonna fly. I, Aww. I love Spider-Man. <clears throat> when they worst, an, when Sony announced forever. when Sony announced that they were working with Marvel to bring Spider Man to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. I was ecstatic. I love Spider Man. Yeah. Love Spider Man since I was a kid. Sure. Yes. And then they said he's going to be in Civil War. I'm like, sweet. He plays a really big part in Civil War. I'm excited for that. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I I want to see how they're going to do it because they could have just had it been a you know end of credits. Hey, here's Spider Man kind of thing. Which is what I was kind of expecting First it off, to be. End of the you credits? weren't expecting it to be that. We know. I, we I knew, know. But, we knew from an inside but, source but no, that Spider-Man was going to be. In I it. know that, but nobody else knew that we knew that. You wanted <clears> him <throat> to be at the end of the credits? No, before That's I knew. Depressing. Before, not that I wanted him to be, but that would have been a Spider-Man since I was a kid. I'm so excited about this. I hope they only give me a little bit of him. 
or a little like a little taste to make me want to see more. But that's not saying that that's what needed to be. But I wanted I wanted to wait for that reveal. They've already shown enough. Here's like they they didn't. We're all gonna go see the movie. I'm gonna see it anyway. I was gonna see it regardless. But I wanted there. They've already shown a lot that I I wanted to wait and and been shown. Spider-Man in the theater. I wanted that to be a big surprise. I didn't want to see it coming. Now I know it's coming. This is the problem. I, I, think, th- I thought it was fun. With with nerds is that there's no way to win with nerds. There's no way to win. You, you either don't give them what they want and they go into a panic. You give them too much of what they want and they go into a panic. Um, this is the way I want to interpret it because I think that they've done a, a fairly decent job of keeping their cards close. They showed us, yeah, we knew Spider-Man was potentially going to be in the movie. Perhaps the most casual of fans did not know that. And I would say more people that go see movies like The Avengers or Captain America are going to be casual fans, fans that have never read uh, the comic book version of Civil War, uh, and and fans that don't really know the whole intricacies of Spider-Man not being in the Marvel Universe. We are in the know. We are behind the curtain, but most people are not. And I think that showing Spider-Man in the movie would have been a nice surprise because people are going to be excited now. Oh, Spider-Man's in this one. I was wondering why he wasn't in, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I I thought that it wasn't a bad reveal. I think it would have been, to me, a a sweet spot. It would have been more satisfying if you had Tony Stark say, under ruse, and the web comes down. Very familiar. By, By the way, they nailed that web shooter sound. Web comes down, grabs the shield, and and that's it. And then you leave it there. You don't yeah. have to show them. You you can tease it and, and get people excited, get people talking. But they showed him. It's out there. Um, I think, wouldn't it be something if Spider-Man's not the big reveal in this movie? It's probably what Wouldn't it be is. something, just speculating here, just <laughs> throwing some spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Wouldn't it be something if, let's just say, who's in that new X-Men movie that's not, wait, what if Hugh Jackman just wandered over? <laughs> that would be interesting. I'm just telling you. What if Hugh Jackman wandered into the movie and Spider-Man's not even the big payoff? What if Wolverine walks on the set? And he's like, well, goodbye to them. Because hold on. I love Wolverine. I'm just saying, Wolverine, I've not seen Hugh Jackman in any of the promotional stuff for Apocalypse. Yeah, but he's supposed to be in it. I'm just saying. I mean, well, also you got got same, different universe, you know, same bowl. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You get a good look at a T-bone. Yeah. Uh, they haven't shown Aquaman in any of the Batman v Superman stuff that comes they, out next week. They have shown him on all of the, uh, the action figure lines. They've got the big box set of the action figures they have at Target has Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Lex Luthor in his robotic kryptonite suit. So, spoilers. Was that the one that you tweeted about? No, I uh. tweeted about it, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what it is right now. So, if you, if you want to throw your hands up and say no spoilers, uh, they have the airport conflict Lego set that comes with I think it's like Scarlet Witch and Iron Man and Captain America, and it's got the whole little set there. Uh, it even comes with a little teeny tiny Ant Man minifigure, which <laughs> is cute. That's awesome. That's and cool. it also comes with a giant man figure. Oh, comes man. With, it comes with Ant Man really, really big sized. That's so, cool. Spoiler I'm alert. Thanks, Lego. Way to go. Now I'm kind of excited. Man. Lego's the worst. I know, Lego's it's the worst. It's like they did with Lego's Toy Story 3. Yeah. When they put out that set that had lots of Hug and Bear as the villain on it before the movie came out. And you're going, oh, what? Wow. Lots of hugging. That's a pretty. Lego spoils more movies than Steven and Neff combined. Mm. It's true. I don't spoil movies. I spoil TV shows. It doesn't matter. Spoiler alert. Neff spoils movies. So uh, I want to put out a little Twitter contest. Uh, and I know that there's mixed reactions on the Civil War trailer, mixed reactions on Spider-Man showing up. Uh, did you notice 
cool. Yeah, did you notice the uh, the mechanical sound when his eyes were shrinking? Yes. Yeah. If you want. Did I, I, <clears throat> well, now that you mention it, I did. Yeah, it's exactly cool. I was like, now that I remember back, I'm like, oh, yeah, there is that. Yeah, when his eyes, because there's no, absolutely no real reason for them <laughs> to have been able to shrink like that yeah. in real life ever. But yeah. when they kind of gave that little squint, there was like, mm-hmm. um, so he's already wearing Stark hardware. I'm about to say, mm. watch, watch, yes! he just presses a button, <laughs> the armor suit comes in, the legs come out, Iron yeah. Spider. Scarlet yeah. Spider. Iron Spider. Was Iron, which one was Scarlet Spider? The Scarlet Spider was Ben Riley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've he, made that mistake before. Get on our level, Steve-O. Doppelganger just shows up. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's the big twist. It's that Peter Parker. It's Ben Riley. Oh. <laughs> just the, shoot the me real, now. The real Miles Peter Morales. Parker. He takes his mask off and it's Tover Grace. <laughs> it's Venom. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> what a what twist. twist. <laughs> okay. So what were you going to say? I was going to say before I was casually redirected. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> that uh, we, I want to put a little Twitter contest. So, Neff, you, you mentioned it lightly earlier. Uh, Spider-Man holding Captain America's shield, perched uh, aloft, watching this great cavalcade of heroes. And his opening line is... Hey, guys. Yeah. Just yeah. like that. Very, very, like, like... Uh, low self-esteem sounding. Like, yeah. Hey guys. I love Spider-Man. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, <laughs> I'm love late. How happy you just got. Tori like squished your <laughs> cheeks. I, I love okay, Spider-Man. I, and now this this <laughs> is this is my this is my problem. And I don't want to say it's a problem because I thought it was nice. I thought that if you're a kid and you're now on a battlefield with the Earth's mightiest heroes, you know what are you gonna say? But the Spider-Man that I love was always quick with a phrase, always quick to, to uh, say something snarky or, or you know, drop a, a humorous one-liner. And uh, I, I feel like High Guys, although it kind of plays in a little bit, it seems understood, because first off, that Spider-Man that is in that suit is ripped. All right, he doesn't look like a little, little kid, you yeah. know, doesn't look like a teenage actor kid. The kind of like a... That's what I'm saying. He doesn't, he doesn't look like a teenage kid. He looks like a pretty bulky Spider-Man. But so, so you got this idea of, oh, here's the young kid, and he's out here looking at these heroes that drop Sokovia from the, the sky. And uh, hi guys, what should Spider-Man have said? What funny one-liner? What joke? What crazy wacky comment should Spider-Man have said at the end of the Civil War trailer? Uh, we'll let you guys answer it if you if you have it. But but I'm putting this out there for the Nerd of God squad. Uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, and let us know uh, hashtag Spidey says, and then boom. <laughs> What should he have said when he landed on top of that uh, car with with the shield? Uh, Neff, you have a suggestion? This doesn't seem like a friendly neighborhood. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Clever. Uh, Tori? I don't have one. Oh, I thought you had one. (laughs) No. You were gesticulating wildly. Spider-Man. He makes me happy. I like Spider-Man. Steven, you got got a clever Spidey saying? Bet you didn't see that coming. Uh, (laughs) Ah, because Quicksilver. (laughs) Yeah, and spoiler alert, Spidey dies at the end yeah. of this one. It's like, it's like, bump you, Sony. <laughs> I was, uh, that would be. You're like, you know, I, we're going to take this and we're going to kill him. We're just going to kill him. Was, now you can't make movies. I was hashtag OTT whenever I was watching the film, or the, the trailer, and I saw that part at the end, and I literally just started screaming. I was like, Spider-Man! <laughs> Your mom's mom, like, I'm mom, yeah, what? like, what's are you okay? And I'm like, Bob Spider-Man! <laughs> Spider-Man's in the bathroom with you, Quentin. I'm never, Bob, no! I'm never making that lasagna again. <laughs> Not if it does this to you. Oh, Can so, I call you Aunt May? So, uh, 
Spidey showed up and said, "Hey everyone, what clever quip, quip would you would uh, would you have had him say instead?" Hashtag Spidey says on our Twitter, "We're gonna pick uh, the best worst one, yes, <laughs> and uh, you'll be the winner <laughs> of uh, worthy, yeah, the better." That's right. That's right. We'll we'll let you know that you are grounded indeed. Uh, so I figured Civil War trailer. That's kind of news for the rest of all the news that you can use. Let's turn it over to the big man himself, Quentin Gregory Neff. This is a segment that we call. Neff News. Hey everybody, welcome to Neff News. My name is Neff. Today's news is brought to you by Old English Text MT. Because even though Daylight Savings is supposed to jump forward, it left you feeling like you're 400 years behind. <laughs> that is a fact. I love that sir. font. I used to want to. I used to want to get a tattoo with that oh, font. Of course in it. you do. This is like when I was like 12. Can I pause here for just a second? Can I interrupt the news? I apologize. I think everybody else is interrupting the news. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> so I think you wouldn't be the uh, there's, maverick There's here. someone on Facebook that keeps poking me. <laughs> don't make it weird. What's the deal with that? It's I don't know. Coming, really, it's, coming, it's coming back. Really, what's the deal with the poking thing? I haven't anybody since like the 19th. That's what I'm saying. What, what's the deal with the poke? It's kind of like I want to acknowledge that you're there, but I don't really want to take the time to construct a sentence towards you. I don't know. Hey, I'm poking you. I've Just never so you poked know. anybody. Don't forget about me. It was cute. It was Again, when I was in the ninth grade. Yeah, it's really weird. So, okay, hey, hey, gentlemen, please stop poking each other. I just do it to get to a certain number. Like, me and my friend Keelan, we were just we were just poking each other back and forth until we got to two hundred. Two hundred. At two hundred, you have to stop. No, two hundred plus. At two hundred is the kill screen. It's still going. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Could you go ahead and just poke us through the news? Sorry about that, man. Old English font. He's fin- finish your uh, finish your bean pancake. I, that's a Ricky mistake, man. Can't be eating when you're giving the news. Sorry, it's a Ricky, a Ricky mistake. It's a Ricky mistake. The kind of mistake that Ricky would make. Yeah, man. Way to go, Ricky. Ricky Fitness. Ricky Ricardo. Ricky Ticky Tempo. That was my Lucy. Sorry. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. It's like rat race with all the Lucys. Sorry. Go ahead. Neff News. In video game and movie news, J.J. Abrams has revealed in an interview this week that the Half-Life and Portal movies now have a writing staff for each movie, leading most gamers to say, come on, man, we just want the sequel to the games. We don't need a movie. Come on. How hard I'll how hard would it be to write one. the dialogue for uh, Gordon Freeman and Shell? <laughs> they don't say anything. I heard I heard somewhere that the main casting choice for for Shell was uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh my god! And gosh. that really no, you can't make her the main casting choice because she has to, she's contractually obligated to die in whatever <laughs> movie she's in. Uh, who's the girl? Though? Who's the girl that was in? Um, oh, what's her? She's a night nurse in Daredevil. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Rosera Dawson. Rosera yes. Dawson. There you go. She's pretty. So, and she's she's she's, nice. she's, she's, she's already she's an appreciative uh, to the Kate nerd Mark. culture. You shut your mouth. You shut your <laughs> evil little mouth. Listen, she just support his head. <laughs> so she, oh, knows. so she's clearly. Yeah, she's. Neff news continues. <laughs> In movie news, rumors and speculation have been circling the internet this week about a possible Tomb Raider movie reboot starring Daisy Ridley. This is interesting considering... Oh, oh, stop. Oh. Daisy Ridley stop. is chill. Soaking it in. <laughs> Daisy Ridley is everything? Yes. Continue. I'm down. This is interesting considering Laura Croft is considered a female equivalent to Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford, who also plays Han Solo, bringing us full circle. 
Oh, what a tangled web we weave. Indeed. Now, if we could only, if we could only get Sean Connery involved in this somehow, yes. somehow. <gasps> I'm your father. Somebody get on that. We named the dog Ray. <laughs> in comic book and TV news, the beloved comic book and animated series The Tick is set to get a live-action reboot. What? With Amazon already ordering a pilot episode. What? When hearing of this news, a certain newsman for a certain podcast <laughs> had only one thing to say. Spoon! Okay, is Patrick Warburton coming back? I don't know. They just Please. say that it's, coming, that it's happening. So. Oh, I love the tick so much. And I know that you know that I love the tick. I know. Because I saw the twinkle in your eye. When, when we, because whenever we, you were giving, uh, you gave the leaders of the youth group uh, superheroes yes. that they were connected to mm-hmm. and you connected me with the tick that, so man. it's a personal connection listen man I still have a tick action figure in my desk <sighs> it's tick wearing the t-shirt that says I heart wheat <laughs> <laughs> I've had that action figure in my desk this is no joke since probably 1997 that's awesome it's still been it's in my desk drawer since 1997 for 19 years I had a toy in my second desk drawer on my left I'm pretty sure that both of my parents watched the tick when I was young and they would just shout at me, and I didn't know Spoon. what was going on. I have and a confession so to make. You've never seen the tick. I've never seen the tick. It's delightful. Have you ever read the tick? No. I have. I have one of. The, I don't have much of it, but I have a um, tick a back issue. Yeah. Of the tick. I, I love that his little Black monologues of like Arthur. We are the sterling silver ladle of justice, dispensing <laughs> freshly whipped cream on the strawberries of evil. I love it. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's it's so good. Like his his rants and his his. It was just wonderful. The dialogue on that oh, show was great. There was so a, a character. I think it was named Thrakazorg was his name, and the tick couldn't pronounce his name. So he was like Thrakazog. He's like Thrakazog. Uh, four action log. Thrakazog. <laughs> Susan. Oh, now you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. That's great news. And this has been Neff News. Have a nerdy today and a blessed tomorrow. Spoon. Spoon. Very good. So um, I, I don't want to uh, make this go any longer than it absolutely needs to, but I would like to add an addendum onto Neff News. Ooh. Uh, a, a new sort of, uh, not regular, but sort of a, an ad hoc and an a la carte feature called the Neff Reviews. Like an editorial. Something like that. Neff, this week we went on a little trip uh, on the way uh, to the aquarium the other day because we went to the aquarium because we're grown-ups. The aquarium. We went to the aquarium on the way we stopped at a store called Target where Neff availed himself (gasps) of the Lord of the Rings trilogy on Blu-ray. So this week you watch Lord of the Rings for the first time. And now the Nerd of God cast presents Neff Reviews. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch all the Hobbit movies now. No, wait, hold on. Slow your roll. You're better off watching the Lord of the Rings a second time before you <laughs> are watching the I need more Middle Hobbit. Earth. It's, it's watch the extended so good. Read the book. It's so good. <laughs> read the book. Yeah. It, uh, so tell us, tell us what you loved. Give, give us uh, Everything. your high points. <laughs> um, oh, oh. oh, wait, wait, wait. Which, which one was your favorite? I'm going to be honest. I really liked The Two Towers. I think it set up a lot, but also finishing a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which is what it was supposed to do because it was the middle segment. Sure. Um, oh my gosh, though, the last, I can say the last 30 minutes of Return of the King is my favorite. It's so good. Because uh, I, t- I texted these two, and mm-hmm. I, I think I might have texted you too. I don't know because we have this. Say, yeah. which two are you pointing to for this audio podcast? <laughs> but uh, 
pick your favorite two. <laughs> but I said, uh, I've, I've never happy cried so much <laughs> because of a movie. When Aragorn got back with Arwen at the oh, end, the I was feels. just like, oh, yes, can we, we can. Just, can we just have a hand round of applause for Elrond and his excellent, I can't remember the actor's name because I don't know. Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving's Weaving. excellent proud daddy cry. Oh. Mm, so good. And then when Sam if got only, to, If only he'd have brought that level of heat to Red Skull. <laughs> oh. When when Sam got to be with Rosie, oh. I was like, they had little little what Hobbit th- children. What do you think about like the four endings? Like <laughs> that movie never ended. <laughs> it's different when you see that at home as opposed to when you see it in the theater because <gasps> your bladder has like a, a gauge, <laughs> and it, it can kind of tell you this movie's wrapping up. We can start loosening a little bit. And that movie, you if you if you got a large cherry coke at the beginning of Return of the King, you were in serious trouble before they ever headed off on the boats. It was like, oh my goodness, this has got to end right now. I'm going to have to walk out and buy another ticket and come back. <laughs> or sneak into uh, Theater 12 and just watch the ending. That's We had to do that with Iron Man 2. You did? We went to see Iron Man 2, and oh. we were waiting for the post credit scene, and they killed the projector. Whoa! Like, like halfway through. This Who was this was still when Marvel movies and the post credit scene were kind of new. So halfway through the credits, they stopped the projector, brought the lights up in the theater, and uh, there was about 10 or so people that were still in the theater, and everybody was ticked. So I led the charge. I, I personally led the charge down to guest services. My wife and I were. That was our, our six-month anniversary for being married, and uh, we we went. We had a little getaway. I called it. I called oh, it yeah. the, the heavy metal weekend. We went to the Hard Rock Hotel, and uh, and we, we saw Iron Man. So heavy heavy oh, metal. Very nice. Uh, I made her. I made her a nice little card that was shaped like the arc reactor and the whole. Oh. It was it was like a whole Iron Man theme thing. That's cool. And because uh, I'm a good husband. And, so and they going. and they cut off the uh, they cut off the movie. So I led the charge down to guest services with those ten people following behind me with torches and pitchforks. Grab and, your and torch and pitchforks. Exactly. And I uh, we brought them down there and I said, "Hey, that's not cool." And that manager was like, oh, "I can't believe that they did that." Uh, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take you into this theater right here. It's about fifteen minutes behind, or it's about a half an hour behind. So you got about fifteen minutes before the movie ends. And uh, he said, "You guys can just kind of stand in the side, and you can watch the end of the credits and do that. And then we're gonna give you guys all tickets, so you can come back and, and watch the full yes. movie again." It was like, "Whoa, dude! Guest services win right there." So we went and watched it, and of course, that was when the Thor hammer was discovered oh, yeah. in New Mexico. So I was like, oh, mm, yeah, "Can't miss." That I one. remember that. But and, and and actually having seen it, I didn't. I, I I saw the second part of the end, and that was when I first noticed the maps that were behind Nick Fury. In that scene, when he's talking with Tony Stark about why he's not qualified to be on the Avengers, and you can see uh, in the map of the world all of the different sort of like pin marks or or the little pings that are across the map, and you see uh, you, you got Virginia on there, which is where the Hulk was. You got California. You have uh, Africa, like a Wakanda. Wakanda, Africa. yeah. You have one that's in the middle of the ocean. Uh, you have Norway. Uh, Wait, yes. Namor. Uh, that seemed that seemed to be what they were pinging. Yeah. Oh, so. see, I would have thought it might have been a. Uh, the submarine Captain America but no that was too, it was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean oh yeah okay so but it was it was really cool it was very interesting to see like they kind of had all these different little places uh, dude ping, they bring Namor that's that's the Civil War secret is Namor, is Namor. he just shows up <sighs> why not just with a wave just <laughs> why not I, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna tell you I believe I believe that Marvel's going to throw a curveball at us and I believe that Marvel's going to put something in Civil War or they that bring makes, in the original that makes Human Torch Spider <laughs> Because they have the right the story, Android. The, the Android Human Torch? Yeah. Why would Does it? Fighting Namor in the background? Well, I mean, in the comics, isn't um, Ultron based on the Android Human Torch? I believe that he is. Connection. No, Vision is. Vision is. I think. Yes. I think yes. so. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. 
Damn, you're gosh, right. I feel like Connections. I, I got to go back and read some of my West Coast Avengers books. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, okay. So, uh, Neff News, Neff Reviews, uh, how many uh, out of out of All of them. All of them. Okay. All of them. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What was the point of our little Iron Man 2 tangent? Oh. The Iron Man 2 tangent was... Like, how did that start? Because I, I thought there was going to be a oh, point to Oh, because the movie, the movie oh, has several endings. endings. Okay. Multiple endings. <laughs> I yes. forgot what we were going and I loved that. every single ending. <laughs> Although I was really... Oh, when Frodo starts hugging everybody. <gasps> and then when he starts... And he looks at and Sam, and I'm just and like... he's just leaning against the wall. And then he like, just gives a little little peck on the head. Well, Sam, and, and at the like, end of the credits, and, and the third Lord of the Rings, when they show, like, the sketches of all the people, it's yes. like, you got you got to sit there through that. I mean, you're... Yes. You have to. If you and leave, you're a cold, heartless human Yeah, it's like the yearbook. It's like, you know, see you next summer don't ever change stay when, in touch when aragorn started singing when he got the crown i was just like sing to me sing, <laughs> sing me a sweet sing, song sing vigo he's vigo you were like flies to him <laughs> oh man dude he so was so good. good he he was my favorite character easily aragorn. strider yes well okay so let's talk about this what was it about him that you that you really really loved well one he was very humble he didn't he, he felt like he couldn't be the king because of his ancestry, and he was kind of because his Sildor had failed. Yes. Okay. And and um and he didn't really want to come back, but he took up the reins, even though because he had because he had to. Right. And um, because men, the world of men was hopelessly lost. Exactly. Right. And he didn't give up on people, and it was just so good seeing him get together, especially with. I like how Gimli wasn't just. The comic relief. He was actually a character. Oh yeah, every I think so, everybody was was really essential to so what was going on there. Him with Legolas, or was it Legolas or Legolas? It's Legoland. Pronounce <laughs> <laughs> throat wobbler, big girl. Pronounce it however you want. <laughs> so so what is it about Aragorn's like leadership style? What is it about his uh, his character that you find like that's the guy for this movie? Well, he's fighting for so many things. And I think I think that really makes him the main character because he fights for Frodo. Wait, he's the main character. I thought Sam was the main character. <laughs> no, no, no. I said Sam was the main character. So I like Sam was the true hero. You'll like shut it. it. <laughs> I take three it. High fives. That was three high fives. I take it that you are an Aragorn fan. Dude, dude, Aragorn. Forever, man. Aragorn for president. Aragorn for king. Aragorn for king of the world. Aragorn all day, every day. He's the man. Strider Gamzee 2016. <laughs> so, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Literally speaking. He was uh, it, best character. Just because he's fighting for his woman, <laughs> and you know, and because because she saw her the baby the kid, and I'm just like, you gotta get back together. And that stupid blonde woman is trying to get with Aragorn. I'm like, no, don't you stay faithful. The stupid blonde woman. No, she I don't, was just you know. She did save Mary, and that's she okay. Was, but she, you don't understand. She tried Aowen to get between. Was like, yeah. You don't understand. You gotta watch yourself, nephew. <laughs> I'm sorry. She was just getting in between uh, Aragorn. But you right? missed her entire Aragorn. like. Slow your character. roll, Pandora. Aragorn. Aragorn. So. Aragorn. Tonight we're we're going to talk a little bit about leadership, and we're going to and I and I'm glad that you brought up Aragorn because I think Aragorn's a really fantastic example of leadership. Uh, I think that he is selfless, he is wise, he is fearless, um, and there, and there's so many other things that we can say that are great Aragorn virtues. So we're going to really talk about him and unpack him tonight. Today is not that day. <laughs> When when you oh see gosh. when you see movies, especially ensemble movies, how important is it to you that there is a clear, defined leader? Mm. How important is it? Yeah, like do you? Do you if, uh, I'll give you an example. In the Avengers movie, uh, leading up to the Avengers, the most dominant and uh, probably uh, 
for forthcoming character would have been Iron Man. But in the Avengers movie, I think that they made a very clear distinction that Captain America earned the right to become the leader of the team. Well, he has yeah. such leadership qualities that Iron Man kind of has, but then kind of fails at, too, because he's not really a team player at the same time as like knowing how to be a leader. Doesn't play well with others. Exactly. But Iron Man is efficient. He is. But push come to shove, he, he yielded to Cap. You know, make the call, Cap. You know, and, and, and you can watch the way... Excuse me, the way that Captain America was saying, okay, you go over here, create a perimeter, anything gets, you know, two blocks away, turn it back or turn it to ash. And, you know, which... Hulk. Smash. <laughs> which is great. So you have Captain America is the clear leader of the Avengers. Um, but any team, I started thinking about all the different teams and all the different uh, factions that I remember from my favorite... Uh, stories, and I always think, well, okay, there's there's a clear-cut leader character to this. Um, I'll give you a couple examples. Ninja Turtles. Donatello, right? No. Was it not Donatello? No. It's not Raph, because Raph wants to be the leader. What is... No, 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 no. I know who it is. I forgot his name. Who's the other one? Leonardo. Leonardo's the leader. It's in the song, you guys. Leonardo leads. Oh. Donatello does machines. That's a fact, Jack. Blossom. Bubbles. Buttercup. I thought you were going like Blossom. The, the, like the, the leader. Blossom like Mayim Bialik? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's the leader of the X-Men? Professor uh, Xavier. Is he the leader of the X-Men? I thought, I thought uh, uh, Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. Well, in the field, I feel like Cyclops is the is the leader. Oh, they but, still, but like they all listen to Professor X. I understand, but he's more he's more of a mentor character. But I don't know that he's the leader when it comes to them going and, and heroing and being the X Men. Uh, I, I think that Professor X is the leader of the Institute for Gifted Young People, but. On the field, Cyclops is the leader. He's the one making the calls. He's the one uh, rolling these. You guys are doing terrible at this moment. <laughs> well, Yay. I that one. Okay, here's one. Who's the leader of the Justice League? Batman, Superman. Who's the leader of the Justice League? Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, okay, you say Batman, Superman, which is funny because I was looking through different stuff as I was kind of doing a little bit of research today, and... Uh, Everything that you see has Batman and Superman placed, like they're afraid to say who the leader actually is. I always got the impression it was Superman. Was the leader. That's what I thought, but I never like... Well, it's the thing, because Superman is like a, just based off of power, he's the leader, but then Batman, like they work to, I feel like they both bring different aspects of it, because Batman's so smart, mm -hmm. that he kind of really goes well with Superman's like power and ability. Yeah, but I don't think they're necessarily being the strongest makes you the leader. I mean, remember, uh, I, Spock I is stronger than Captain Kirk. Yeah, but, he, but Superman also has leadership qualities. What are the leadership qualities? What, what, are, what are the qualities you're looking for in a leader here? Someone who, who knows how, like, how, like, tactical ways to what, like, what, like Batman? Like Batman. Well, yeah, Batman, but I mean, <laughs> Batman likes Superman to be alone. Doesn't, unless Superman doesn't have to be tactical because he's Superman. Fly around real fast, zap him with your eyes, punch him into space. I'm Superman. Uh, Superman's the one guy that doesn't need the Justice League. What's the point? <laughs> so what, what, what's the point? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. The Justice League needs Batman. As soon as Batman walks in the room, he's the one calling the shots. Yeah. I, I think. Which, but it, but it's funny because it seems like DC is afraid I think, to. I think DC, uh, you know, cop to Batman. that. I yeah. think DC's like Superman is our main person. Superman is the leader of the Justice League, mm -hmm. but Batman is really the leader of the Justice League. So we have to make sure Superman doesn't get his feelings hurt. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like they're afraid to kind of pull the trigger and say, "Yeah, Batman is the leader." Who's the leader of the Teen Titans? Robin. I say Robin. Robin. Who's the leader of the Muppets? 
Kermit. <laughs> Big Hero Six. Yes. You know. <laughs> you know, I guess. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's the leader of the Fellowship of the Ring? Gandalf. Agree He's or disagree? Well, are we, wait, are, Steven when, says Samwise when, when in the story are we talking about? Because at the beginning it's Gandalf, but the, then whenever they break apart, then it they're not the more, Fellowship. Anymore. It seems more Aragorn because he's leading like G- like Gimli and Legolas. But that's not, yeah, but that's not no longer the Fellowship. At that point, the Fellowship is broken up. Well, then it'd probably be um, Gandalf because he really leads them and shows them. Go, even though he does, Fly, you fool. he does turn to Frodo to make decisions, but really he's like he knows what's going on. He knows the situation. It's Gandalf. I agree. Um, I say Gimli. The Starship Enterprise. Kirk. <laughs> Is it Kirk or Picard? <laughs> who's the uh, Who's the better Starship captain? Who's the better leader? Kirk. Jean-Luc Picard or Chris James Pine. Tiberius Kirk? Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Picard reminded me Worf. of my grandfather, so Worf. he's the one I know. Picard, what, is that a good thing or a bad thing that he reminds you of your grandfather? Yes. Does your grandfather also? <laughs> no, it's a good thing. It was a good Does your thing. grandfather also remind you of Professor X? Yes. It's like the same person. No, the point is I didn't watch the original <laughs> Star Trek. I only saw Captain Picard. They always said the difference in Kirk's leadership style and Picard's leadership style is that Picard would, uh, and Kirk, like Kirk was, was very cowboy and Picard was, you know, very uh, diplomat in, in the way that, you know, Kirk would go, I'm going to shoot at you on the count of three. One, two, you know, One, and he'd shoot. Two, and then, three. And then Picard would say, I'll shoot you on the count of three. One, two, two and a half. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm going to say three. <laughs> woof, woof, say three. Um, Let's talk about this. Okay, uh, the Rebel Alliance. Which one? Leia. Leia. Wait, which Rebel? Now this Mon is Mothma. <laughs> Mon Mothma. <laughs> At, At the rock bar. That's <laughs> a trap. This is the interesting thing. When you're a kid and you're watching Star Wars, you kind of picture that Luke is sort of the guy that's out front and he's sort of the leader. But when you watch it, he's not really the they're leader at all. Because he's they're just all, they're all listening to the General Organa. Yeah, it's I mean Leia. If you have to kind of pick from the main stable of characters, the named you know the the action figure lunchbox characters of Star Wars, yeah, Leia is definitely the ranking officer. Luke um, is the Knight of the oh, Republic. Okay, so this was another thing that when I was when I was a kid, I don't think I really fully understand who's the leader of the of from a New Hope perspective, so remove the Emperor. Who's the leader of the Empire? Grand Moff Tarkin. And I always would have pictured in my mind, it's Vader. Vader's the leader. Yeah, but no, but when you totally watch it, like, Grand Moff Tarkin, they, they treat Vader. him like Vader. a dog, man. Vader is the... is the uh, Release him, Vader. He's the uh, he's the muscle. He's the scare tactic. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting because... He's the presence. You don't see him in that position of, together, we will rule the galaxy. Bro, you can't even, like... Yeah, he wasn't ruling anything gotta, Yeah, you gotta, like, you gotta punch your punch card and you gotta sign yeah. out your TIE fighter. I mean, you know... You're only saying <laughs> command well, because... Well, after, after the Death Star gets blown up, he's like, finally. Okay, well, that's... And that's the thing. I guess, you know, we talk about leadership, but I guess villains have leadership, too. When, when you look at the kind of switch side of the... Like, the Emperor is a terrible leader. Like, I mean, what's the? He's p- gotten billions of his own people killed. Let's Come build on, a Death me. Star with a big gaping hole in it that leads right to the generator, and then let's build a second Death Star, and not even finish it. And I mean, terrible leadership. Um, you know, and I guess the only thing you can say for the Emperor is that he always had more than one Sith apprentice in the wings. Mm. Like as soon as one got chopped in half, there were, here comes the next one. Mm-hmm. They always say that we lost Ray Park. Here's Christopher Lee. There's only two, but we lost Christopher Lee. Sometimes, like the, especially the extended universe, there's always at least two or three. So let, we'll talk about bad guys. Who's the leader of Team Rocket? I don't the, know. The big, what's the big, bo- the big say, boss guy. Giovanni. The guy of the shadows with the with the cat. Yeah, that's all. It. Who's the leader of uh, Cobra? 
Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander. Cobra. Two Decepticons. Megatron. Megatron. Sinestro core. Sinestro. Sinestro. <laughs> uh, the foot. Uh, Shredder. No wait. <laughs> Shredder. You never watched Ninja Turtles. Nope. We already established that. <laughs> Shredder. Is that right? Yeah. 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 What about Super Sh- Mega Shredder? The Sinister Syndicate. Doctor Octopus. <laughs> Doctor Octagonopus. <laughs> Blah! What the what was that? No. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, do that one more time. What was that? Hold on. She got to reclaim her voice. We lost Tori. <gasps> that was so good. Dr. Octagonopus. Okay. I'm a fire in my legs. I'm a fire in my legs. I'm a mediocre employee. This is way back to high school, man. You guys I like stick figures. <laughs> Everybody do the flop. <laughs> Did y'all go to some high school that we didn't go to? <laughs> hey, Johnny, you want to eat me? Steven. Sorry, really? I'm just coming but I, I want to die. I got you a pie. Oh, what flavor is it? Pie, pie flavor. flavor. <laughs> Don't touch that cactus. <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> At this point, I'm going to be playing the intermission music for Monty Python and Holy Grail. <laughs> 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 we'll just come back when they're ready. Arthur, King of the Brits. Oh, man. Oh, what was it called? Um, uh, the, the, we got to figure this out. We got to show them. My brother my brother knows. Well, let's figure it? it out after the show. Okay, fair enough. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think my brother likes me. <laughs> so <laughs> let's not get into that. That's one person. <laughs> the show needs. Um, it's kind of real dark real quick. Zero to 100. Doctor, <laughs> clearly, clearly I, I have failed as the leader of this podcast. <laughs> I'm still with you, Tony. You Thanks, still Steven. function. <laughs> Want to bet? <laughs> uh, okay, here's here's a couple other here's a couple of leaders. Um, Skeletor. Skeletor. Terrible leader from oh. from He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> He-Man. Get me He-Man. Uh, Hordak was a way better leader Who's than Skeletor. Who's that guy from? Mumra. Mumra, Mumra, the ever living. Mumra. That's not how he sounded, but. Mumra. And Mumra was always cool because he started out as like the little tiny old, like, withered, you know, mummy guy. And then he would get like big and beefy and boss. It was like spiritual steroids. I have a question. Um, Is Destro. A side like he's a one under Cobra Commander. No, Destro, and I don't. I don't think I really fully understood the politics of this when I was a kid and watching GI Joe. But Destro didn't work for Cobra. Uh, Destro oh. had his he he had his own company and he was a weapons dealer. He was the doctor. He sold weapons. Yeah, he sold weapons to Cobra. But a lot of times he kind of had his own little machinations and he had the sort hmm. of secret little deal I think with the Baroness. But uh, but yeah, the Cobra was you, you had Cobra Commander, Major Blood, Tomax, and Zaymont. What about what about the one that was made out of a bunch of them? That was Devastator. That was Transformers. Different <laughs> show. <laughs> the uh, what was Voltron. Ser- ser- Serpentor. 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 Serpentor was created at, for, by Doctor Mindbender, and he was cloned from uh, like all the DNA of all these like terrible world leaders, like Genghis Khan and Attila the Hun, and I don't know Adolf Hitler, whatever it was. They like took all like the bad like leaders that ever lived, and they cloned him into like the true leader of Cobra, because they said, oh yeah, Cobra Commander oh, has not so, really been helping us. So Serpentor is the true leader. Serpentor became the leader. Serpentor um in the G.I. Joe movie that came out with Serpentor killed Duke, although they didn't. He was in the movie? Mm-hmm. No, 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 excuse me. Not the live action movie. Oh, I was about the, to say. The, the animated movie with Don Johnson as the oh, lead character. Okay, not Channing Don Tatum. Johnson and, uh, and Sergeant oh, Slaughter. Oh. <laughs> and Burgess Meredith, too. I think Burgess Meredith was the bad guy in the, the Cobra movie, the G.I. Joe movie. The one with a really cool opening scene. <laughs> the one with the like most American. amazing opening scene that makes me feel like American. <laughs> 
Jeez. <laughs> So what's the next one? Meme it up. I'll get it right. I'll get it right. <laughs> no, give my hat back. No. Wait, what? You? <laughs> like a little Debbie. What? Oh, man. what the crap she put in this onco? <laughs> she said she ain't she just put it. She just oh, put it in, in one. Johnson. And Def's the one that pulled it. Oh, John Johnson. So this is my fault. It's my fault for mentioning Don Johnson. For what? For what? It's that me. I didn't know. I didn't know that Don Johnson was uh, somebody's. He's not. It's just trigger word. Here's the thing. I can't do it. Anytime. Anytime. Else. That's 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 trigger. Word. <laughs> Edward James Olmos. Oh no, I can't do that. Edward James Olmos costume like so, scary. Yeah, the le- leadership on bad guy side tends to be really bad. They don't sometimes don't have the plans always thought out, and that, I think that's probably just a literary device to make it easy for the heroes to surmount and defeat them. Bowser, what's Bowser's deal? What's he? Tr- <laughs> what is he trying to accomplish? Well, his, his obviously his son is actually Peach's son as well. That's what he's trying to actually marry her. So. He's just trying to make an honest woman of her. It's really sad, actually. That's why baby Bowser. He just wants to hang out with Bowser Jr. Just all those kids; those are all adopted. He's actually a really good guy. (laughs) I had pancakes at his house the other day. Did you? He put in a hunko, hunko in there. Did you watch like an array of Don Johnson films? And then we watched uh, John Leguizamo and uh, (laughs) Mario Brothers. He's like, (laughs) this is how they really are. Not what those video games I portray them. I my hair back like that guy. <laughs> that was King Koopa. That was King Koopa. Oh, yeah. King Koopa is Bowser. I know. Or did the, the, the animated one, the one that sounds like this, but he's got like an accent. <laughs> Gotta kill the Mario. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and then you get the Mario. <laughs> he's gonna tire himself out here any minute, kids. <laughs> he'll he'll he's fall gonna, asleep. He's gonna sleep <laughs> oh, like no, a baby Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you got one, Mario? <laughs> This this was always my problem with with leaders and, and the shows that I was at when I was a kid because I would watch the different cartoon shows I wanted to buy the action figures and it was always cool to to, to like you know who the leader was I mean mm-hmm. uh, Matt Tracker from Mask you guys don't know who Mask what Mask is. I know Mask you know Mask I know Mask, uh, mask or the Mask Lion O from the both. Thundercats and, I know you know, but for the, there was some so many of the leaders though were kind of like the boring character like I never wanted to be all like trapped up in like the leaders world because there's something about leadership that they were never the flashiest character with the exception of per- perhaps Transformers Optimus Prime he defies was, the rules yeah. of but but uh, if you looked at G.I. Joe Duke was like the most boring character yeah. uh, and I know that he was like the original kind of pre-cartoon show G.I. Joe character but he's wearing like drab brown and green he's just kind of like got crew cut blonde hair he's just a boring guy meanwhile over he got like snake eyes and you got like Bro. shipwreck and you got gung ho and you got roadblock and you, you, you Bruce got, Willis and yeah, <laughs> that's right exactly The Rock <laughs> you got all these great characters and then in the middle it's like Duke who's just kind of like the boring guy or Leonardo I mean if you do even the description the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like Donatello's building these great machines. Raphael is cool but crude. <laughs> Michelangelo, he's a party dude. And then Leonardo <laughs> leads. It's I like Leonardo does their taxes and vacuums. It's like... 
It's like, because responsibility seems a little bit boring. Cyclops is like the most boring X-Men. Yes. You know? like but he does get the not, girl. Not, not to say that he, yeah, he does. He gets the most interesting character. He gets the job done. Girlfriend. But I'm just saying, if you got Cyclops and Wolverine, that's like, you know, vanilla and then 4th of July, you know? <laughs> Wolverine, vanilla, is, like, Wolverine is like super cool. He's like, what's up, Bob? I got claws, snicked. And then Cyclops is like, I have glasses. <laughs> I, I let's hey guys let's go to the danger room and do our homework uh, i'll no, give wait, you this uh, steven steven even you you, yes. can, you can probably cop to this who is the leader of the mighty morphin power rangers it is uh, tommy oliver no it's trini if you go back and you look it's the always, original it's the red ranger the original the, the original five was the Red Ranger. The Red Ranger is the leader. But then when and, they brought and, but, in Tommy... Hold on, but if you go on with the subsequent seasons, the Red Ranger is the default leader of the yes. Power Ranger. Yes, Red Ranger. The Red Ranger is the most boring Power Ranger. Like, what use? once Tommy showed up, what use did anybody have for him? Nobody cared about him anymore. I mean, I I still care. He about was him. dollar store Green Ranger. But when they, but when they, when Green, yeah. But when <laughs> they brought in the the second one, the Rocky, it, you're you're you know you're right because when they brought in Rocky, nobody was, cared. Anymore. Nobody cared about him. He the was, Red Ranger's the leader, but nobody cares about him. So I've got an assignment for you guys. I'm going to hand you guys a sheet of paper, and we're going to go through some great moments of leadership in cinema. I'm going to give you a spirited leadership motivational speech. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to read it now, to inspire us as the leaders from these films have inspired us. So I am going to hand them out seemingly randomly. Just keep them to yourselves, and we're going to see if the others can guess what story you're reading. Okay. Some of them are pretty obvious. This should be a good start for us. Uh, who wants to go first? Yes. Okay, Neff will go first. Yeah. <laughs> I think Neff is exactly the, the one that I thought I, I was going to get. I think Neff is the longest. <laughs> well, I knew it. Go ahead, Neff. Our motivational speech of leadership brought to you by Quentin Gregory Neff. Good morning. Less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. You will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That, uh, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday but as the day of the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not <laughs> We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Okay, you don't have to yell. <laughs> Sorry, I got into it. <laughs> is that is that born on the fourth of July? <laughs> yes, it, it is. Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Very Cruise. Good. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Independence Day. I, I, I'm sorry. Did my levels just go off? Yeah, the you chart? don't have to scream. But that's I'm okay. Sorry. I could see you were getting into it. Like, I was right there. <laughs> Did you do the little extra doing the uh, yeah, salute? Mm-hmm. Little uh, Cousin Eddie salute <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, Steven or Tori? Steve. Tori. Steven. <laughs> why are you, why she said, said Steven Tori? first. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> sorry. I got to get into the character. Don't you realize the next time you see the sky, 
It'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the best for us. But right now, they gotta do what's right for them. Because it's their time. Their time up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. And that's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. Okay. Very, very good. That's good. What you got? The Goonies. It is the Goonies. Very nice. Super cool. Victoria? <clears throat> Get into character. <coughs> wait, can, wait, can we guess before she reads? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm not even looking. Then what shall we die for? You will listen to me. Listen! The brethren will still be looking here to us, to the Black Pearl to lead. And what will they see? Frightened bilge rats aboard a derelict ship? No, no, they will see free men and freedom. And what the enemy will see is the flash of our cannons. They will hear the ring of our swords, and they will know what we can do by the sweat of our brows and the strength of our backs and the courage of our hearts. Gentlemen, hoist the colors. It's okay. <coughs> you, you took me. I can feel the salt on my, <laughs> on my skin. Uh, that was the um, Price of the Caribbean. Price of the Black Pearl. Nope, that was the third one. That was the third one. Oh, With Kira Knightley. It was Kira Knightley's speech. Oh. Elizabeth I saw the third one one time in the theaters. I've seen the first one. So no, said, ex- no excuse for being wrong. They Steven. said the brother okay. in, and I was like, "Oh, that's the third one." All right, try this one. See if you get. It. Um, you know what? I'll give I'll give this one to, to Neff. I don't want to I don't want to take. Oh, there's all. more. Oh yeah, everybody gets ooh, two. Ooh. That was just your warm up. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. I liked this one. I want okay. the paper. Uh, the full I'll, I'll paper. paper. Neff will give you this one. Okay. Do you want me to go ahead and read it? <laughs> Please. <clears throat> I've never heard of this one before. No. Is this um? Go ahead. Just read it. Three weeks from now, I will be harvesting my crops. Imagine where you will be, and it will be so. Hold the line. Stay with me. If you find yourself alone, riding in the green fields with the sun on your face, do not be troubled. For you're in Elysium, and you're already dead. Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. For him having never heard that, that was a that pretty was, amazing Russell Crowe. <laughs> so that was that was Gladiator. Yeah. Gladiator. Okay. So <laughs> Maximus, I'm like, <laughs> very very good. good. I practiced my. You're uh, already dead. I practiced my old um. Old. All right, I'm gonna good. give this one to my Stephen, right. and I'll take I'll take. There's another part to that one. I'll take. <laughs> right, because okay. they were all British. <laughs> all the Greeks were British. Okay. Oh. Romans. <laughs> Stephen, as you will. <clears throat> Hold on, I gotta get into character again. Mm-hmm. Please don't do your southern accent. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to decide whether or not I should uh, do, do it, it in the same emotion. <sighs> just, just <laughs> do it. Just go for it. I know. It's all wrong. And by rights, we shouldn't even be here. But we are. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. Like the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes, you didn't want to know the end. Because how could they end up be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. But when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something. Even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories, they had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't, because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? That there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and that's worth fighting for. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a really bad version of the Shire yeah, it was, theme. No, that was really good. That was, that was, you took me there. <laughs> I, I took like, you somewhere. I'm suddenly hungry for 11 <laughs> uh, Second breakfast. Very good. Good job, Stephen. Good Thank job. You. Um, I'll do one, I, and then I'll... I, I can pull off a pretty good shot, Aston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Mr. Frodo. Um, all right. I, I'm, I, I'm, contem- I'm considering whether or not I want to uh, attempt the accent yes. on this. Always I don't think. It. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Listen, I you, you always should. go for the accent. I did a crappy I'm Samwise. I'm not going to do a good accent. Because I'll probably dude, do an accent. That's not the point. You just do it you're, you're, you like Yours is going to be better than, than mine. I dude. believe in you. You, you ain't going to believe this. <laughs> but you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up. To say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody I ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching you. And every day was like a privilege. And then the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world. And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody's gonna hit as hard as life. But ain't it about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not point at fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always gonna love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son, you're my blood, you're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Every time I get knocked down, I just gotta get back up. Sorry. Dang. <laughs> Zero to 100 real quick. TCYB. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that he didn't just immediately musically kill my speech. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you, you know, not yours, too. So. <laughs> that was very good, Tony. Very good. Thank you. Rocky How's Five? That? No. Uh, Rocky Balboa. Balboa. Oh. Congratulations, Neff. You're the worst. <laughs> Johnny Five. <Bye. laughs> yes. It has been passed. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna try an idea. It's the end speech from Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's it. <laughs> Alright. Hold your ground. Hold your ground. Sons of Gondor, of Rohan, my brothers. I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all fo- bonds of fellowship, but it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. <laughs> she dropped that she like dropped it was a that paper. <laughs> Walked off the stage. When we see stories about people overcoming challenges, when we see people facing insurmountable odds, it's it's amazing in the stories that we tell that we see a leader step up. We see somebody that takes the call, that takes the challenge very seriously, and and will stand for what's right. Will lead the people through their fears and through the obstacles and against uh, 
when they're outclassed and outnumbered and outgunned by the enemy, uh, when they face a hopeless and dire situation. Uh, and we see that character that takes that anointing, that takes that call, that takes that mission very seriously. Uh, and they lead people. I think that's, that's something that motivates us. I think that challenges us. I think it inspires us. And, and we see this so many times in literature. And, and we see it in the Bible, too. We see God making great people uh, to lead his people, great people to, to challenge us and to inspire us. And, and he doesn't use the strongest or the smartest. God uses ordinary people to do amazing things through. And you see it in, in King David. King David's an ordinary kid that everybody overlooks, uh, but where, where man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart, and, and God chose David to, to lead his people. Uh, God chose Moses, uh, you know, a, a really an 80-year-old guy with a stuttering problem to lead his people. God chose Abraham, a man that was too old to have children, and he chose him to be the father of a multitude. He chose Peter, uh, a down-on-his-luck fisherman. Um, to, to follow him and be the leader of his church. Uh, he chose Gideon, uh, a terrified coward, threshing wheat in a wine press, uh, to be a mighty man of valor. He chose Paul, who persecuted the church, to be the leader of the church, you know, to, 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 to build the church. Um, Joshua, a, a teenager with, with crazy dreams um, to, to save his people. And, and we see God raising up leadership. And, and I, I wanted to talk real quick tonight about some of those values that we see in leaders that maybe we, we can see in the movies that we watch, that we watch when we see Aragorn or when we see, uh, you know, Maximus or, or we, even when we see Mikey Walsh or, you know, Leonardo the Ninja Turtle. The, the things that we see in leadership uh, that God sets up for us and that we, we, we see told in the stories that we enjoy. Um, what, are, what are some things, some traits that you think make a great leader? The ability to lead. Well, he's not wrong. Um, someone who can take control of a situation and can tell people what they need to do to find to reach a goal. Someone who can plan out something, uh, like steps ahead, so they know where people need to be to get a goal accomplished efficiently. I think a, a big part of being a leader um, that you s that is portrayed clearly in the character of Maximus. Um, he was a leader no matter where he went. People just kind of, he was just, he was very confident and he knew exactly what he was doing, knew exactly how to do it, and people recognized that. He didn't have to say he was a leader. I'm he, the boss, you guys. Exactly, he just was. And if you didn't follow him, you died. But if you followed what he said and you listened to him, you lived. And like it was it a lot about Maximus's leadership didn't have anything to do with like the glory it wasn't about you know well he never even told people he was a general you know after he you know the thing happened mm -hmm. so he his leadership definitely wasn't in you know I'm the biggest I'm the baddest he just was and that's all that mattered people saw you, you think that he was going somewhere and they yeah. quickly decided I'm gonna do what he's doing yeah I'm gonna listen to this guy mm -hmm. what do you think Steve I, I think part of it is also uh, the willingness to look out for the safe it doesn't have to be safety but the safety and the, and the well-being of those who you're leading even if you're not leading them at the time and, and the reason why I say that is the, the scene that really popped out to me when you guys were talking was in Captain America the first Avenger 
when they're doing like the army training and it's pre secret uh, uh secret serve uh super soldier serum steve rogers when he's still scrawny and little and they're doing the running thing and then <clears throat> uh agent j throws out the uh grenades like live grenade and then he immediately just dives on it i think that's k i like k yeah i couldn't remember Two tommy face. lee jones i know i couldn't remember tommy lee jones so i didn't want to stutter and um but he throws out the grenade and he just immediately dives on it and to take the blow so that way the rest of his squadron can can go on and i just think that talked about his character or really showed you what his character was. Not saying that's necessarily that you have to sacrifice everything, but that willing willingness to do what it takes so that way the entire team can keep going. Uh, and once again, Iron Man and Avengers as well. He did it so that way everything can keep going. He kind of took an extra step, even though he wasn't necessarily the leader. It was still like a good leadership thing. And it's called selflessness, I think, is the, the long and short way to put it down there. Uh, and you see that in a lot of great... Optimus Prime is always going out of his way to get killed to save <laughs> somebody. <laughs> I think he, he's died in every iteration of Transformers in one way or another. Um, and, and you do, you see... And I love that scene where he throws himself on the grenade. I love I love seeing yeah. that selflessness in leaders. Again, that goes right back to Jesus. When you see, the, you know, John chapter 13, Jesus is the guy that gets down, the king of kings, the king of glory, the, the son of God, uh, who disrobes and gets down to do a servant's garb and washes the feet of his disciples, uh, truly selfless. Um, and, and, you know, you, you talked about him, you know, Steve Rogers protecting his people. I went back to when you, as you were saying that, I thought about Aragorn. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're on a mission, mm-hmm. and they stop their mission to go save Merry and Pippin. Oh, yeah, yes. big time. But they're two, th- those are the two really, th- they, Mary and Pippin didn't have a place in the fellowship. They didn't. They weren't invited. They were just there. They were just dropping they were tagging, leaves. They were tagging along on, with Sam and Frodo. Yeah, they're were, they were basically corn. tagging along. They're stealing corn. <laughs> but but even but even beyond that, once they once they reached Rivendell and the fellowship was formed, they were just like, we're going too, you know. Yeah, and they so they didn't really have going? a place. They didn't have a function. They didn't have a purpose. They really didn't. Um, they consumed resources. They slowed down the party, and they returned nothing. At least at Anything, that at they that made point, things worse a couple of times. Certainly, mm-hmm. but then they made things better. They saved certain people. No, but like the point is, I, I, they I know. The point is at that point, these two Aragorn these two could that didn't really contribute. Yeah, Aragorn could have been like, oh well, they're gone. Let's stay. It'd be l- more let's stay on the focus. Keep going or whatever. Yeah. But instead, he he sends the the other hobbits off to do their thing, and he's like, we're gonna go buy them some time, and we're gonna go rescue those uh those other kids too. Yeah. Yeah, Aragorn's leadership shows a lot of like strategic breaking up like just the fact that he let Frodo go do his thing he knew even though he wanted to protect Frodo he knew that it was like just better for the mission to let him do Mm -hmm. his thing on his own I'm needed elsewhere to still help that but like I we're still on the same task right I just don't have to be a micromanager on this thing I'm gonna I'm gonna use my resources and really it's a selfless thing I don't believe that Aragorn ever expected to get out of that situation alive no, I don't. I don't think he did either. Even even Gandalf kind of shows that when in the first movie where, where he's like the leader of the Fellowship, whenever he sacrifices to destroy the Balrog. Mm-hmm. I love how Neff hadn't seen any of these things a week ago, and now like everything is all like, oh yeah, it's like in Lord of the Rings, you guys. Oh, Faramir! Oh, he's my favorite. <laughs> is, he, is he magically delicious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the best. Um, uh, one thing that's important for me for leadership is listening to people that are around you and, and taking advice from other people, seeing things from beyond your perspective. Um, do you have a Lord of the Rings analogy for that one now? 
ha- uh, Legolas with his elf eyes. Yeah. He can see things. Yeah. Um, I always think I always go back to, um, and we mentioned it earlier. The strongest necessarily is not the the leader, uh, Kirk and Spock and Bones, and those are three very different people that see the world three very different ways. And yet, Kirk would would often stop and consult with his friends uh, to get different viewpoints on things. And then Kirk would just go and you know, either blast the Klingons or you know raise the shields, may make sweet mommy daddy time with whatever green skin girl was on the planet <laughs> they were at, but. Um, it's it's good for I think a leader that can take the advice of other people and not be threatened and challenged by other viewpoints. I think it all comes down to like a good leader probably doesn't want to be the leader in the first place, hmm. mm. and but because of just their personality and and the way that they see situations and can take control and guide them without needing to be the center of attention, like that's what makes them a leader. Aragorn and Maximus, for example, like they didn't, you know, Aragorn was put into the position because of his blood, but he was really, he just wanted everybody to succeed, right? He wasn't wanna, about. just want to wear my hoodie and smoke my pipe. Yeah. Right, exactly. I just want to <laughs> go home, man. I just want to go back to Rivendell. I just want to chill at the Prancing Pony, yo. <laughs> right, and, and Maximus just wanted to go home. You know, he just didn't even want to be here anymore. And it's, it's that total lack of like, you know, I don't want to do this, but I guess I'm the only one who can, and it's how we're all going to live anyway, so I might as well do it. I, I, uh, why you were saying that, uh, everybody may think of uh, in the TV show Lost, that's kind of how Jack Shepard is at the beginning. He just mm. steps up, mm. hey, hey, there's a plane crash. I'm going to go try and save these people because I'm a doctor. I know what I'm doing right. here. And then everyone like kind of looks to And like throughout the show, there's like people go, well, if you're going to be our leader, he's like, I never said I wanted to be the leader. Right. And like then it goes, if you all want me to, y'all, y'all got to do what I'm trying to do here because I'm looking out for what's best for our people. Right. And uh, it's very like he accepts, he doesn't want it at first, and then he eventually accepts mm-hmm. it because he realizes that the people need a leader, so I'm going to be that for them regardless of how I want to be. Well, you, you make the point, uh, Tori, about Aragorn kind of didn't want to be the king. I, I think that's been, that was one of the most interesting things was that he was very hands-on in the adventure. Mm-hmm. Whereas you had, uh, it, how long did it take for, um, who's the king of Rohan? Theoden. Theoden. How long did it take for Theoden to finally like get into the game? Yeah, but Forever. he was, but he was under like a spell. It, it matters not. Even, even once he was in it, yeah. he's just he's just kind of like, look, we're just gonna hole up here, you guys. Uh, but up true. in Helm's Deep, he was just kind of hanging out at the top. Like he didn't fight until like literally the very end. Speaking of bad leaders, Aragorn was all Aragorn, up in and, and the he whole looked, time. Yeah, he looked at Aragorn. He's uh, like, all right, well, I guess we're gonna die That's together. Fair. <laughs> and Aragorn was like, you didn't do anything. Then <laughs> talking about bad leaders, talking about the guy, who, the steward, Denethor. Yeah, Denethor's the my worst. least favorite person of all time. Denethor is the worst. <laughs> De- Denethor is human tennis somehow. elbow. Yeah. Yes. But uh, but Aragorn, <laughs> it, it, Aragorn is like he's literally he's the king. But but mm-hmm. he's the guy that's down and dirty, and he's on the quest. He volunteers. Uh, the the line that he says, "I would have gone with you to the end," mm-hmm. and good. he would have. Yeah. You don't have any doubt when you're looking at Aragorn. Yes, he would have gone to Mount Doom. He would have done everything. He would have died at any point mm-hmm. to to save Frodo, um, which is wonderful. I mean, that goes back to the you know, with great power comes great responsibility, um, and, and Aragorn's kind of like the, the the perfect balance between power and and responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. he he does what he has to do to benefit others. But he also keeps in mind that there's a bigger story that he's a part yeah. of. He definitely has a very like big picture view on 100%. the entire adventure. I mean, that's why he goes in and helps save, like gives Frodo some time by clearing out the orc army. Mm-hmm. Well, compare that to, and we've been studying. He knows he's gonna die. <laughs> we've been studying Moses in our, our Thursday night Bible study that we do, and um, if you compare that to Moses, where part of the time God's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna kill him," 
And Moses is like, please don't hurt him. Please <laughs> just be cool with him. But then when push comes to shove and, and Moses knows that there's a bigger picture of the holiness of God's people and the sanctity of, of the camp, Moses is like, well, if you got to swallow him up in the earth, you got to swallow him up in the earth. You know, there's going to be a time when Moses went to bat to, to protect the people and to sort of advocate for them. Uh, but then there's also a time that says, look, God's also telling a story that's really bigger than any one of us. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get out of the way. I mean, we were just reading the other day and in numbers when God says, OK, Moses, I need you to go do this thing. And then I'm going to take you home to die. Yeah. And, and Moses is like, well. Here we go. We're going to go. go home. We're going to go put some things right. And, but but the, the the story, even Moses at that point didn't balk and say, no, God, I'm right here. I'm just going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to run for the border. Uh, he he said, all right, there's a story here that I'm a part of, but it's not about me. Yeah. He knew his role. And, and, but and he also, cool. like, he knew when to divert that authority. Like, he knew that there was somebody, God, you know, he knew God knew better than he did and was, like, the ultimate you know, that goes back to what you were saying about knowing when to take advice from others. Yeah, well, yeah. Although it's like different because it's God. It's literally God. his like. Leader. God doesn't but give like, advice. Uh, he well, he, he also he took advice from you know, uh, was it Joshua? When uh, they all went out to do the the scouting for the promised land, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh no, we can't do this, bah. And mm-hmm. even like Moses and Aaron wept, and then uh, Josh was like, no, we can do this, we can do this. And was like, okay, yeah, we could kill some giants. What you think, Caleb? Yeah, yeah. Josh and Caleb for life. It. Um, I think the leader will see in the people that they follow, they'll see potential and, and more than limitations. Yes. Um, because there's there's times if you've ever played on a sports team, maybe your coach will see things that, that they believe that you can do, even if you don't necessarily feel like you can do it. Uh, a pastor might encourage you and challenge you to try to bring the best out of you. Uh, a mentor, someone like that, they might see okay, you have the potential for this, and I know you're not you're not existing at this level now, but let's do the steps to get you to that level. It goes back to Gandalf as the leader of the yeah. fellowship. Everybody was like, okay, halflings, thanks. You brought the ring this far. We'll take it from here. Mm-hmm. And and Gandalf knows that the, the humans and the elves and the dwarves are never going to be able to carry this thing. And then when Frodo, the, to me, the best acting in that entire set of movies is when Frodo's like, I'll take it. I'll take it. And that look on Gandalf's face. He's just all sad because he's like, oh, but he has to. But it's like, but it's like, you you see that Gandalf knows hobbits are amazing, mm-hmm. and 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 he's fascinated by these creatures because there's such a there's such an inherent goodness in them, mm-hmm. and he and he just sees the story. He's just like, oh Frodo, you're so good, mm-hmm. you're so good, and and amidst all the fighting, and all of these people chaos. are so powerful, and they've built mighty cities, and and they they wield you know authority and armies, and and yet your simple goodness makes you the most powerful of them all, and you can see this whole inner monologue happening in uh, in Gandalf's face in just just a quick passing glance um, you can know them for a thousand years and so they're still surprising <laughs> they're still they have still got surprises so I got a couple of biblical principles and a couple of scripture verses I want to share um, from the Bible uh, the, a, a great leader is marked by someone's willingness to serve uh, that's a very strong thing um, and I'm, I'm gonna read a couple of verses these are from the message translations they won't read exactly like your uh, Gideon Bible you stole from the hotel room but, uh, but but I think they're very poetic and they're very well said. Uh, whoever wants to be great must become a servant because the, the key to leadership in, in Christianity is to be a servant. Mm-hmm. It's not to exalt yourself, it's to lower yourself, which is totally, even with the stories that we, we read and the stories we watch, that's totally counterculture. 
to, to yeah. be the leader, to be the CEO, to be the boss, to be the one with the power puts you on top. It makes you a, a Learjet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, whoo, you know. Woo! And and you you go you, you see that there's power and there's prestige with being in authority. Where Jesus says, if you humble yourself, you'll be the greatest. Um, judge, uh, not judging people. Um, don't pick on people, jump on their failures, and criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, nerve to say let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe the ugly sneer off your face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. And that's a, a beautiful interpretation of Matthew chapter 7. Um, a, a leader knows how to take care of themselves and how to do the things, there, there's, which implies, I think, a lack of hypocrisy. Mm. It applies a higher degree of accountability. Big time which is extremely important. Um, leaders know how to do things when it's not seen, when it's not for their own glory. Uh, Jesus knew how to do things in secret. I, I was always uh, tripped up when Jesus was like, I'm going to heal you, but don't tell anybody that I did this thing. Um, I always get nervous when I see leaders that lean real heavy on the PR machine. Mm. You know, when you got somebody that's like really good at promoting themselves, uh, I, I, my first thought is always like, it not it's never like what are you highlighting here? It's what are you covering up? Mm -hmm. What are you what are you compensating for, or what are you trying to misdirect me from? Um, and not to say that if you have a lot of Twitter followers or if you you know have uh, any kind of momentum or, or push that you know this isn't like a, a a petty thing, but when you see someone that self promotes so much and and as a Christian leader. I just want to make sure that you have some stuff that nobody's seeing too, some things that only God is seeing. Don't, don't rob yourself of that. When, when Jesus said in Matthew six, when when you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly, unobtrusively. You know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. I think that leaders know how to do that. Leaders know how to how to capitalize on those moments when no one's looking to do great leadership. One time years ago, when I was a, a teenager, I came to church early because it was a time change and, and I didn't set my clock the right way. And so I showed up to church an hour early and there was nobody there but the pastor. And, and our church had a lot of exterior doors. Uh, we were located a little bit closer to downtown Orlando and there had been uh, a homeless fellow that had slept in one of the doorways actually to our nursery facility. And uh, as I kind of pulled up, I saw the pastor over by the nursery door and I greeted him in the morning. I saw that he was kind of down on his on his hands and knees. This is a, this is a veteran pastor. This is an older pastor, um, to me, like very highly esteemed in my mind. And I saw him down on his hands and knees with with a rag. And uh, I said, you know what's going on? And he told me that one of the one of the people, one of the transient people that had been uh, sleeping in the doorway of our church, left us a surprise in in the form of excrement. Uh, smeared across the door to our nursery and, and the ground in front of it. And the pastor was down there cleaning it up. And I was like, I said, don't you have, and I, I remember saying like, you're the pastor. Like, don't you, don't we have people that, that clean up the church? Isn't there somebody that'll come along and just do this so you don't have to be on your hands and knees on, you know, Sunday morning cleaning this thing up? And and he told me, he said, when God puts you in a position of leadership, um, he, he elevates you, but he never takes away your bottom line. Basically, there's, there's never a limitation to what God might call you to do. There's never anything that you're too good to mm. do. 
in, in ministry and in service. And he wasn't doing it like for show. He wasn't doing it for like, look at what I can do. Hey, everybody, it was, I, I happened to see him. He would have cleaned it up and it would have been gone before the first person ever saw it. And no one would have ever been the wiser, save him and God. And uh, man, I, I, I aspire to that. I want to I wanna be the kind of person that just like leaves things better and nobody ever gets to see me do it. And that's a hard thing to do sometimes. Um, another thing that, that Jesus was really, really good at and that seems to be a, a biblical model of leadership is developing successors. Mm. Who are the people that are going to come after you? What's the old quote? If you don't have a successor, you don't have success. Mm. Um, Batman's really good at this. <laughs> Batman's well, always like, you get to be a Robin. You get to be a Robin. He's 75% good at that. 75. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, three out of four ain't bad. Jason. 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 Actually, I'm great at him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that you, you, you always want to have somebody that you're developing behind you. You always want to have somebody that's coming up behind you that, that you're teaching, that you're mentoring. I think that goes that ties back into like seeing the potential in someone sure and you know being able to like a true mark of leadership is being able to see somebody else shine mm-hmm. more than you uh, exactly exactly and because when you when you are empowering somebody else to do things you're empowering them to really get credit for it mm-hmm. um and i think that that's that's good and it's it's humble and it, it shows perspective because if the work ends with you then the work was all about you mm. that's like a. Moses and Aaron with uh, Josh and Caleb. hundred percent because you go through the, the Pentateuch and then that. Moses That's dies so cool. and then Joshua and Joshua is another great leader of the church. They're like the next generation. And, so and cool. Joshua didn't even play, man. Joshua came oh, out there. No, he and was he was too late. Well, he was in the tent, wasn't he, with Moses when he oh, went yeah, up? Yeah, Joshua, the... Joshua spent the time. He walked it out. I mean, he they, he was they, there. Yeah, he definitely went through the experiences with Moses. But when the time came, I mean, you look there right at the beginning. Here's Joshua. He he's takes like, over right, and he's go. like, guys. Uh, here's what we're going to do, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and I don't really care what you're going to do. Uh, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So so right off the bat, you got Joshua. He's already living it out. He's already leading by example. He's, he says, you can do what you want, but we're going to serve God, so um, get on my level. And, and, and that's great. When you see somebody leading by example— that's that's leadership, you know, and but it goes back to the example that he had been given about Moses. Joshua knew how to defend God's people because he'd seen Moses defending God's people over and over again, even to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 there's so many other great leadership lessons that we have in the Bible. Joshua uh, and Moses and and Joseph. If you go back to Genesis, Joseph mm-hmm. got thrown in prison, got thrown in slavery, got thrown in you know all these bad situations, thrown in a hole, and he knew how to bounce back from that. He he knew how to how to recover, and I think a leader knows how to turn setbacks into comebacks. Um, Abraham, Abraham wasn't afraid to follow God somewhere he didn't already know. You know, leaders know how to be uncomfortable sometimes. Um, Noah, Noah, uh, Noah went. Uh, he went and did what God wanted him to do, and even though no one went with him, mm-hmm. he went and did it. Okay, God, uh, build an ark. How many people are coming with me? Yeah, nobody. It's just you and your fam. Okay. Even Ham. <laughs> Even Ham? Ham's the worst, God. <laughs> His name is Ham. <laughs> we intentionally named him after a pork product just as a joke. God was like, if he drowns, it's just going to be hot ham water. Um, but then you got David. David, like the greatest leader, man. David's the, the so awesome. And, and 
he shows his like, hey, look, it's it's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in your god. Dog backwards. Oh, dyslexia. But David, David just continues, and David honors leadership. That's one of the lessons that I get from David is like, even though Saul was totally cray cray and like was trying to kill him, David would he refused to dishonor leadership. He's like, I'm not going to raise my hand against God's anointed. You know, you don't want to ever become the king by killing the king before you because then you're like straight up Joffrey swag. You know, you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um, Daniel, Daniel stayed determined even when the, when the chips were against him. He was he was undeterred. He knew what what was right and he stuck with what was right. Um, John the Baptist uh, knew how to stand up for what was right and to, to call it like it like he saw it, uh, and it cost him his head. But sometimes the leaders got to uh, got got to speak a little truth. You know, and 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 not be worried about popular opinion. Um, sometimes, so yeah. Sometimes leaders, sometimes leaders fail, and they got to know how to come back from failure, and how to do the right thing and make things right. Peter um, mm. publicly failed. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. You know, it, did, it didn't take long for for I'm sure the gossip machine oh, yeah. to get out there for Peter, uh, but but he was forgiven and he recovered. And then Jesus himself. I mean, Jesus shows us. What it is to be a leader is to be a servant. If you want to be the greatest, yet you have to be the least. And and there's so many great leaders out there, but I think that that there's still so many great leaders that we haven't heard about yet, and and not in the comic books, and and not in the stories, and not in the movies, but in the lives of young people that are coming up now, that are seeing the opportunities that God's given them, that are seeing the the challenges of this world. And the chances that they have to make a difference. I think that's why we get so frustrated. We're in this, the middle of a political season right now. We get so frustrated with the people that we have uh, in the potential ability. Because there's certain things that you can look and you can say good things about this candidate or this candidate or this candidate. You know, we, uh, and for, forgive me, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just going gonna, gonna to make generalized statements here. But you, you can look at somebody like Ted Cruz and you can say, okay, this, this has got the, he's got the moral qualifications that I'm looking for in a leader. Or, or you can look at, at, at Bernie Sanders and say, you know, this guy has, has compassion for people and he wants to help people. Or, or you can look at, at Hillary Clinton and say she has uh, a very strong presence. She has a very strong authority. You know, but you have, you know, Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is, is, is savvy and, and outspoken and, and presents himself in, in such a way. And some people disagree with it. But, but Marco Rubio is is another guy and he's Marco Ruby is very passionate and uh, you know you, you can see that he brings like an energy to it and they all have certain aspects to their their character but um, I, I think that we're so hungry for strong leadership in our lives that um, that one aspect of this just isn't enough mm. uh, you know one one character trait that we can admire um, it's just not enough we need someone to really stand up and be a servant and be moral and and be strong and outspoken and be faithful and and be kind and be you know what Jesus was and I don't know that we're ever going to find that and be satisfied with that in this world and that's why we have to look to Jesus that's why the this the governments of this world will rise and they'll fall and and God has put us in a position where he's told us to respect and honor our leaders but ultimately they're in positions of authority temporarily but Jesus uh, has shown us what true leadership looks like. Uh, God has given us a true example of leadership by, by sending his son. So uh, this is your challenge to the believers out there. Lead, because that's what leaders do. If you have a, a small sphere of influence, lead small, but be faithful with what God's given you. 
Um, if you're a, a leader in your church, if you're a leader in your youth group, um, lead. Encourage other people. Be an example for other people. Be a servant to other people. Uh, speak God's word uh, unapologetically, but but lift people up with kindness and tenderness. Um, be honest and be truthful and be moral. Be consistent. Have integrity. Um, and and allow God to use you right where you are. If you're in a position of leadership in your work or in your place of business, uh, don't use that to to abuse people. Don't use that to uh, aggrandize yourself, whether it even even just be for a political reason or uh, you know for advancement within your company. But all things to the glory of God. Uh, all things to put His uh, glory first. And 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 the the problem is. Uh, that so many things in this world teach us that the contrary is, is the normal way. Um, but seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, be faithful with the leadership opportunities he's given you. And uh, may your light so shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I pray that as you lead others, uh, that you would not only lead them to success in all of the endeavors of your life, but that you would also uh, lead them closer to the cross by the power and grace of Jesus. So, I think that brings us pretty much to the uh, to the end of the, of our journey here tonight. Um, what an unexpected journey! What an unexpected journey! And we have definitely gone there and back again. Battle of the Five Armies. See, it doesn't it doesn't fit here either. <laughs> it doesn't fit here. Oh man. And that's another another example of leadership. You can just kind of tell uh, at what point in the Hobbit movie Peter Jackson just said, "I don't want to be the leader of this anymore." Don't it was do no more. Uh, post credits for Return of the King. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you can. It's like, uh, let's get the, he's uh, like, this is awful. If you if you watch, they had the the documentary footage of the making of those movies, and you can just see him uh, absolutely check out. <laughs> like they the pre production stuff leading up to the first movie, and it's like this of is going to be great. Uh, the Hobbit, yeah, it's going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. The first Hobbit movie, and then by the second one, he's like, yeah, I'm not showing up for this. I made a yeah, huge he mistake. Like wasn't even there for no. part of it. You, well, the the majority of the movie was was done by Smeagol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like what? A, yeah. By uh, um. And Andy Circus, yeah, Andy Circus was like the assistant director on that movie, and I think that he pretty much directed the Hobbit what? movies. Yeah, yeah. Peter yeah. Jackson was Andy like Circus is directing the uh, Warner Brothers live action Jungle Book movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's he's, crazy. So he's he he supposedly can. Direct. He's no John Favreau. Oh, well, mm. well, nobody's John Favreau but John Favreau, baby. Well, in the story of your life, I pray that Jesus is sitting firmly in the director's chair. That when he yells action, you won't miss your cues. Because the story that God's telling in your life is a great, inspiring, and heroic story. May your words be his words. May your actions reflect his actions. And may every life that you touch uh, be better off because of you and because of Christ within you. Uh, for the Nerd of God cast, producer Steve-O. Sayonara. The big man, Quentin Neff. Bye-bye. And the lovely Tori Line. Good night, everyone. My name is Tony T. Until next time, you ain't gots to go home. But you oh, we can't, can't stay here. here. Peace out. Pancakes, Eli!
Ahí te más. No, 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 no.